Bad morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. Good morning. The sentiment is good morning. The weather's crap. The the baseball is crap. Um, my mood's not crap. I'm actually not in a bad mood today. Um, Zach seems to think that I'm just gonna come in here pissed off after every Orioles loss. And 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 folks, here's the thing: if you follow me on social media. Uh, I, I tweet during the games, and when something bad happens, I tweet about the bad. And when something good happens, I tweet about the good. Most people seem to only focus on the bad for some stupid reason. It's like, whatever. Um, but when the game ends, that's basically when my anger ends. I don't carry this stuff for hours or days after the fact. You know why? Because the Orioles play again today, for one. I'm the same... I'm 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 the same with the Ravens. I'm in the moment. I'm in it. I'm in it. When the game ends, I may lament the loss for a second, but it's I'm not going to let it ruin the rest of my evening, the the rest of my life. It's baseball. It's football. Quick announcement. I I'm not sure why, but we're not live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube, and we're live on MixLR. Uh, so on the the press box's website. But for whatever reason, Facebook is deciding not to work. So we don't know these things until we actually get the show started. And it comes up and says to me once I'm going live, oh, Facebook's not working. So I'm going to text Griffin and try to get this figured yeah, out. There, there, anyway. a, there was a point in my life where I would have been able to probably figure that out. That point does I, not exist now. I, I think that Facebook, the settings are off. They clearly, it looks like Glenn or Griffin changed the settings. So I'm going to get that figured out. But we're live on YouTube, so you can watch us there. All right, yeah, watch so. us on YouTube. Listen to us uh, at Pressbox Online. Pressbox, pressboxonline.com slash radio um you can still listen to us live there watch us on youtube we're around we're here we're talking good morning i'm paul he's zach today's show brought to you by the baltimore county police department which is hosting a hiring event saturday october 28th it will take place at the public safety building 700 east joppa road hey that's right over there in towson applicants can complete multiple parts of the hiring process including agility testing written testing and the ability to apply on the spot members of our specialized units will be in attendance to further discuss career opportunities with the police department and starting in the afternoon there will also be a trunk or treat event that is open to the community even if you're not interested in joining the bcpd to find out more contact your office at 410-887-4584 or or 410-887-5521 here's your chance zach you can go join the Baltimore County Police Department. Oh, good. I, I'm, I'm cut out for that job. I'm, I, really, I'm really cut out for that the job. The first job. So my father is a doctor. So when I was a child, everybody assumed yeah. I would be like, I want to be a doctor. Dude, no, the first, uh, my, the first profession that I desired to take part in when I was a small boy. A small boy. Uh, was I wanted to be a police officer. I could see that so many in so many ways. But then... At about six or seven, I realized, oh, they have to shoot guns and get shot by guns. I don't want to do this. And that was the (laughs) end of that. And then I wanted to be a doctor for like a day. (laughs) And then it was all baseball. It was all baseball. Hmm. And I failed at that too. So So you wanted to become a baseball player or you wanted to... Yeah, so I I wanted to become a baseball player. Well, you made it farther than most people. You played college baseball. So you made it farther than most people do. Yeah, um... Crazily enough, I did not play high school baseball. Really? Yeah, I did not. Really? Faustin didn't let you on the team? I got, I got, (laughs) golly, man, I hate saying this out loud because I'm a good baseball player. And it's, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things that really, even at 39 years old now, um, it really bothers me, um, because 
I should have played high school baseball. Yeah. I did not. Um, I, I think I've said on the show before, a guy, when I was a freshman, a guy made the team that didn't try. I had a broken arm. Mm-hmm. He played Metro baseball, and they knew him, and he made the team. Um, I tried out. Uh, I, I outworked kids every year, mm-hmm. and I somehow and I got told every year by players that were already on the team that I was going to make the team, and then the coach yeah. felt differently. Um, yeah. it, it, it was one of those things, man. Like, it, like I'm 39 years old now. Like it's it's like it, I didn't go to John Carroll. Maybe it, I got in, but I didn't go. Maybe if I'd gone there, I would have played. But I played I played baseball in college. I've played baseball on tournament teams. I've traveled to different states and different parts of the country to play baseball. Yep. So like, I, and uh, I, I've pitched on big league diamonds. Like I, I know my ability. It's just, it's weird that I played college baseball, but I did not play high school baseball. But it is what it is. This isn't the Paul Valley. Uh, well, it is the Paul Valley show, but it's not the Paul Valley's baseball career show. This is the the bat around with Paul Valley. So let's move on to the Orioles begrudgingly. Um, last night was kind of a an S show. Um, the Orioles go up 2-0 in the first. Dean Kramer immediately gives it back in the bottom of the first. And then they go down 3-2 in the second. And then they go up 5-3 in the third. And then they don't score another run until the eighth. And then they score uh, two runs in the ninth. And now it's 8-7 to seven in the ninth. And then inexplicably, every time the Orioles scored last night, it seemed as though their starting pitcher wanted to go out and put the leadoff batter on the next day. Uh, the next day. The next inning. Um... And that happened again in the ninth. Orioles take an 8-7 lead on a miraculous double by Aaron Hicks and uh, that scored two runs. And at first, I thought that was an error. I thought that the ball should have been fielded by Ramirez, but I think it may have hit the bag and gone under his glove. And so it was a double. It was a two-run double. It was awesome. It was a great moment. And they're up 8-7, and then you bring in Cano, who's rested, who's probably your best reliever right now. And he gives up a leadoff double to Jimenez, who just was a friggin' Just an annoyance last night. Um, he gets a leadoff double, and then he goes to third on a ground on, on a ground ball to second base, and then they intentionally walk the next batter, and then the next uh, what was it? Um, the ca- the backup catcher. What's his la- what's his name again? Fry. Fry. Yeah. Yeah. He um he doubles off the wall. Cedric. Bu- Maybe the run doesn't score from first if Cedric doesn't drop the baseball. Uh, the Orioles played such a sloppy game. The bullpen is just. Going running on what's less than fumes? What's uh, th- they empty? Th- they're running on empty. A little Forrest Gump. Um, also Jackson Brown. Well, but it's in Forrest Gump. Um, uh, okay. Um, I don't know if like they they repurposed the song. I don't know, but it's a good song. Forrest Gump is a movie. I know what, it's what? a movie. It's it's a great Tom Hanks movie. But I'm just saying, I don't know if they had someone else do it. You know, they do that sometimes. So no, not the, important. Not no. important. I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, just just to update everyone, I'm talking to Griffin, and he doesn't seem to know either. He said it's possible something got messed up yesterday when they were pre- uh, preparing for the weekend for, I guess, Project Game Day. So I don't know. We're going to try to figure it out. Um, anyway, um, man, that's both times you've mentioned it, you just threw me completely off base, off track. Um, so let's let's get back to this. Uh, so then Cano, he, he he gives it up in the ninth. The Orioles lose 9-8. to eight. Luckily, Tampa Bay lost last night to Toronto. And so the Orioles uh, lost a game off their magic number. They're now down to six games to clinch the American League East with nine games to go. You know what I think would be really helpful, Zach? Yes. If the Orioles won today. I think that would be really that helpful. That would be really helpful. And the, John Means needs to go six tonight. 
And then Flaherty needs to finish it. I wouldn't be betting on either of those things. But oh, I think Flaherty can go. I I, I think uh, I think Means can go six. That's probably the better bet. Probably the safer bet. I I haven't seen enough out of Means yet. There hasn't been that sustained success where I say six innings is something that's going to be possible. I think just go, you know coming back from an injury like he is, six innings every time out is something I'm not that confident in yet from him. So we'll but see. he, but it's not every time out because he hasn't. Done he hasn't it. done it yet. Yeah, Correct. but, but, but he threw, what, five, but, five and two thirds, two starts ago. No, he Something threw. Like he's gone five innings both. Just times. five. Okay. Yeah, he would have come out for the six, but the Orioles scored a couple of runs at, in his that's first was, start. Okay, he, that's he, what I was So he would have come out for the yeah. six. He, ca- I mean, the pitch count. He he threw. I think eighty six pitches his I, last outing. He's. Yeah, they, I mean, need, that, they need him to go six, and, and the way that he's pitching. Look, the strikeouts aren't there. But he's keeping hitters off balance. He's keeping yeah. guys off base. Uh, he's not he's giving up runs. He's never been like a ten strikeout a game guy. That's no, never been John Means' formula. Every now and then he'll he'll usually he'll, he'll get you a 10, 12 strikeout yeah. game. But for the most part, he's a six. Yeah. He's usually about a six strikeout per game. Yeah. Guy. And, and the worst games for him are like three or four. So yeah. it's not that doesn't ring the alarm bell for me at all. I it's still to me John Means is doing what the formula for John Means is. I, I think that's been evident so far. Five innings is fine. I think they wouldn't really push him much farther than that if the bullpen wasn't like it is. The bullpen is so drastically overworked. You know, last night another five relievers used. It's just six. Six. Sorry, six. I thought it was five. No. Oh, Kano was the six, I guess. That's yeah. right. Um, I, I, I sent you the notes before. I think I yeah, made yeah, sense yeah, you're right, you're before. Right. And Cano comes in. That's six six relievers. It's been, I think, 32 different uh, relievers. Not 32 different relievers, but 32 different times they've used guys in relief in like the past six or seven games. Yeah, so six games at 31 relievers. It's extremely high, and that's something that is going to obviously wave a ton of red flags to the Orioles, and they're going to say, okay, John Means, you've gone five innings twice, and maybe we're going to have to push you a little bit more, even though we, they probably don't well, want l- to. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you have a problem with the with the way Brandon Hyde has been managing the bullpen? Because, look, he, no. he didn't need to use six relievers last night. No, he didn't. And, I, 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 let's be clear here. The Tyler Wells, I get it. He hasn't pitched in the big since July 29th, and he only threw like 14 innings in the minors. I get that. But Tyler Wells... Got five up, five down. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was six up, six down last night on 19 pitches. You don't need to take him yeah. out there. And then Fuji gets two outs and doesn't come back in. And I get it, you have to count your blessings. But look, Fuji's blow-ups, blow-up outing was the day after he was the ringleader of a huge champagne and beer celebration. Yeah. So yeah. you can probably look at that and say, the dude was hung over. He was, he, he was... Balls I to the wall, it, lights out. Andy Kotzka said he was the life of the party. Yeah, I believe. That, that's so, what I'm saying. It's funny. He yeah. was, yeah. And then the next day, he's put into a high pressure situation. Yeah. I, gee, I wonder if he was hungover. Sure. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, have you ever tried to play any to do anything hungover? Not, I mean, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. So, uh, t- to me, the way Fuji had pitched before the hungover outing, yeah, he was lights out for 12 outings. Now, you're only letting him get two outs. Your bull, and even if he fails, yeah, you only gave him two two hitters, and he got and he got them both. Let me finish, man. Okay, and, and 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 he got them both out, and your bullpen is absolutely taxed. CNL Perez didn't basically didn't throw a strike the other night, yeah, because he'd been used four times in five days. Jacob Webb hasn't gotten anybody out since Nam because he's been used every freaking day for a month, yeah. All right, you need to limit this. Yeah, you're 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 dying. Well, again, Jack Flaherty's the guy today for that. That's going to be a hundred percent the the move. Yeah, almost 
undoubtedly. I, I would have liked to seen Dale Hall go and try to finish the game. He's pitched way too much also. He has, but the guy was a starter half the year. So he clear I mean he can Yeah, but he was all, he was all, he was also shut down and deloaded and then yeah, for, for de- like whatever for like, that means. For like 6 for like 6 weeks. Yeah, I guess. All right, and, I guess. and to the point where now, now he's coming back and he's going a max of 2-3 innings and you have to again remember that that was his 11th or 12th game this month and they've played 21 games. For sure. And they have they have very few days off. Yeah. It's been what? 15 days now since the day off for the Orioles. And this that's is that's so this is their 16th straight game today. 16th straight game. Game. Right. That's really, really hard to handle for mm-hmm. any team. So back to your question, as Bra- has Brandon Hyde been uh, poor in managing the bullpen? I don't believe so, because I just don't feel like he's had that many options. Last night, using you know as many guys as he did, I probably wouldn't have condoned that. And using again, I- both CNL Perez and Cano the other day in the 9-5 to victory... In a four run, you don't need and, and, to use both of them. And you're right on Tyler Wells. I would have liked to see Tyler Wells go longer than he did. That's just that, that's pretty basic there. But and Fujinami could have gone longer than he did. I really think the Orioles also should be resting Danny Coolum as much as possible because I think he's going to be if Felix Bautista isn't there, mm-hmm. probably their best reliever down the stretch. Yeah, in the bull and in the playoffs, I should well, say. Well, can we just say enough is enough with Jorge Lopez? Yeah, can, I, can, I'd like to. Can we say enough? Like. I understand what their thought is. Mm-hmm. That he's under team control for next year. Let's get him through this season and try and get him back to where he was last year. Guys, here's the thing about Jorge Lopez. He has had a half season yeah. of success in his entire career. And that wasn't this season. <laughs> and that wasn't this year. That was last year. In the and, first half. And you were able yeah. to trade him and you got Yenier Cano and Cade Povich in that, for that trade. Right. In that trade. Right. Count your blessings and cut your losses. Yeah. Like, you stole in in that trade. It is time. Your team's about to win 100 games, and they're only going to get better next year. Right. Which is stupid to say, but they're only going to get better next year. You don't need a reclamation project in your bullpen next year. No. This isn't 2021. This isn't 2022. This is a 100-win team on the cusp of clinching the best record in the American League East. Yeah. In the American League. In the American League as a the, whole, the, yeah. the, the best record in the American League. You don't need a reclamation project. Right now, you got to get to the finish line. DFA Lopez, and it's so weird to say this, but DFA Lopez and call up TJ McFarlane. He has a 2.34 ERA at Norfolk right now, yeah. and he just struck out the side in his lone up in, in his lone inning the other night. That's going to be a full circle right there when when TJ McFarland because I, I do think TJ McFarland will end up here at some point. He has to. He has to. Jorge Lopez, I fully believe 100 percent that he was brought in because he's a good team guy and that he was pure last year. And it was almost like okay, you had a really good half with us. You worked well with Chris Holt, that kind of thing. It hasn't been the same for him since he left Baltimore, and it hasn't been the same since he's been back. I mean, last night you know didn't give up uh, really anything, but he uh, he gave with two outs and a, and two strikes to a left-handed batter with another hit, guy yeah. on base. He gave up a he gave up a double to brought yeah. in a go-ahead run. That's what he did. Yeah, I mean, uh, can, can we can we talk about this for a second? Uh, the ERA is six twelve. I mean, it's, yeah, it's and, and his ERA is above seven for the Orioles. This is what's pissing me off, and this is what's getting me mad again. This is what's getting me mad again. People are saying it's okay that Mike Bauman came up and came in and gave up a, a double to to go to give up the the tying run the other night. It's okay that Jorge Lopez they didn't really give up anything except the double that the, the go ahead run score. Your job is to come in and get outs. 
that's your job. Yeah. That's why there's such thing as an inherited runner scored stat. That's why they put up that graphic when pitchers come in and it says 63% of inherited runners stranded. Yeah. It's not okay that Jorge Lopez, who is not going to be on the postseason roster, came in last night and gave up a double on an 0-2 count with two outs to a guy that he should have not been pitching to to begin with because he was a lefty in a game where it's a tie ball game. That's not okay. He gave, it's, he didn't really give up anything. Yes, he did. He gave up the go-ahead run. He gave up the go-ahead run. Let's stop acting like these doubles that they're giving up are okay. They're not. It's not okay. I'm not arguing that giving up any hits is okay, but I, I just also I feel as though that you know Jorge Lopez is not a top tier reliever. He hasn't been all year. He hasn't really been since he left Baltimore again. So I, I I just don't really expect better. I don't know. I don't really I don't have expectations with a guy like Jorge Lopez right now. My expectations the Orioles if, do I guess is if you're a big league reliever and you're ahead of a guy o two that you don't leave a meatball in the middle of the damn plate. I'm gonna drop an f bomb today. It's gonna happen. <laughs> we, uh, I, <laughs> it, it's gonna happen. It's, it, it, what's it, funny is you, is you're, you're right now you're yelling at, at at me and everyone on the show. Yet I, I really hope Jorge Lopez is listening to this because this is where the anger is directed at. I believe. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so no, the, Jorge Lopez. All the anger is directed at no, you. No. No. And 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 that's the thing. Jorge Lopez. Hell of a guy. Oh yeah. And, and for the, sure. And, and the stuff going on with his son absolutely sucks. Oh yeah. It no sucks. Doubt, no doubt. And, and and that's where it's difficult. That's where you know doing this job is. That, that's where there's a fine line that you have to walk. Yeah. And it, it's where, you know, we had Adam Jones came on the show last week and he said those idiot fans that, that act like these people aren't people. And it's like, you ha we have to be able to separate. You gotta, yeah. We have to be able to separate, okay? I can be as nice a guy as I want to be, but if I'm not if I'm not getting people to, to, to get pre-approved for mortgages, I'm not going to be a, a mortgage loan originator, <laughs> right. okay? I'm yeah. going to lose my job, all right? Me as a person is not what's going to keep my job. Producing and performing my job at an elite level is what's going to help me keep my job. The same thing goes for all these Major League Baseball players. So Jorge Lopez coming in and giving up hits and runs and throwing meatballs right down the middle of the it's plate. Job, two, two outs. Right. Your right. job is to not do that. Well, and that's that kind of goes back to my earlier point, that I truly believe they brought him in not to be an amazing producer, but to be a clubhouse guy, to be that morale guy. Because everyone loves Jorge Lopez. You talk to anyone, they love him. I, I'm, I know that they do. I'm sure that they do. I, I've never met him, but everything I've heard and everything I've seen, he's a hell of a human being. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't get outs on the baseball I, field. I'm, I'm with and, you. And, and here's the thing. They brought him in to be a clubhouse guy, second. They brought him in to be an effective reliever first Agreed. because he was an effective reliever for them last year. And what has he not been for them this year? An effective reliever. Yeah. And yet he's still, because their hands are tied, because Dean Kramer has gone less than five innings in four of his, three of his last yeah. four outings, because Jack Flaherty hasn't been gotten into the, gotten out in the fifth inning in nine years because <laughs> uh, because Kyle Gibson went a month where he gave up nine runs every start. The bullpen is absolutely taxed. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely it's, taxed. It's, it's decimated. You want to know why the bullpen sucks right now? Well, it's my fault because I said the bullpen was well, a weapon and then they went out and gave up twelve runs that night. <laughs> but more yeah. so because only Kyle Bradish is consistently getting into the sixth and seventh inning. Also true. That's also the, true. He's the only one in the month of September, 21 games, nine times the Orioles have gotten have had a starter go beyond the fifth yeah. inning. Nine times. Well, Grayson gave them eight, and yeah, that well, was that was an anomaly, yeah. really. Of the nine times, four of them are Kyle Bradish. Two of them, Kyle Gibson, two of them, Grayson Rodriguez, and one of them, Cole Irvin. Yeah. One of them, Cole Irvin. 
Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Dean well, Kramer. Dean Kramer has been awful this month. He has absolutely no collapsed. No doubt. He's throwing more innings this year than he's ever thrown. Why is your body not ready for that? Yeah. After yeah. what you did last year, you have to know I'm going out this year and making 30, 30 plus starts. I'm going to be part of this rotation. You have to know that. You have to get your body ready for that. Well, in terms of innings, that's the same argument I was making for D.L. Hall, saying that he could have thrown more last night. I mean, his body should be ready. After all the starts he's made in his minor league career, how is he you know, so, still so limited in the innings he's able to throw? I don't know. I mean, I, I think he should be, you know, I he gave he got two outs last night. He probably should have been out there to finish the game. At least that would have been my decisions manager. I, I would not have thrown Cano out there personally. He, I, mean, I guess it's kind of a moot you, point you, at this point. You, but you, you have it's, you no, you have to, Cano's the right move. He hasn't know. pitched in two or three days. And Hall's been really good lately. I, you you know I'm not the biggest D.L. Hall guy in the world, but D.L. Hall has been yeah. really, really good. The strikeouts are there. The ERA now down to four oh two. Things have been really good in D.L. Hall land. I would have tried to let him finish that. And if he say he puts the first runner on base, say D.L. Hall comes out there. And uh, who was the, I think it was Andres Jimenez was the first hitter in that inning. I yeah, believe a lefty. It was. Right, a lefty. Right. And then he, so if Jimenez gets on base, fine, put Cano in. But I would have sent him back out there, personally. Mm. Well, and here's the thing. Get, getting back to, uh, well, they're throwing more innings than they ever have. Kyle Bradish has, is thro- has thrown more innings than he ever has. And he's going out there and giving you six and seven innings of two-run ball or yeah. less every single night. Yep. His ERA is 301. Grayson Rodriguez He's thrown, I think, seven less innings this year between AAA and the majors than DL than than uh, Dean Kramer. His ERA is like two six in his last twelve since he came off since he came back from from the minors from yeah. the minors. All right, so I don't want to hear this excuse. Oh, Dean's throwing more innings. No, Dean crumbled. Yeah, Dean is good way to describe it, it. He's failing. He is failing at the worst possible. Yeah. This ain't April. This is. September. Dean's best baseball was sandwiched in between the first and the last month of the year. And now he's crapping the bed. And the bullpen's crapping the bed because every fifth day, he's giving you four innings. Yeah. And every fifth day, Jack Flaherty was giving you four innings. You can trust two guys in this rotation. And they're guys who are well beyond career highs and limits in innings this year. So I don't want to hear this crap that, oh, they've thrown more innings than ever. You are a professional athlete with professional coaching, professional uh, trainers, professional nutritionists. Get your crap together. So just a quick shift in topics here to Kyle Gibson for a second. Because I believe that this is what they signed him for, the playoffs. This is what they signed him for. This is a guy who's been there. Oh, he's going to be in the rotation in the playoffs. Oh, no, no doubt he will be. That's not the question here. The question is, do you trust him? Do you trust Kyle Gibson to the playoffs? I think this is what he was brought in for. The veteran presence. He's been there before. Adam Frazier kind of in the similar boat. He's been there before. Kyle Gibson gave them eight innings five starts ago. He hasn't really put up a great start since then. He actually, Well, he, he did throw six and two-thirds and gave up one earned run. That's a, that's a good start. He's but been fine his last he, he's, three He's been days. okay. But do you trust him to go out there and I guess he's going to get the ball in like game three of a series? Do probably. I have a choice? I mean, do I ha- do we have a choice? No. I mean, it's really either him or Kramer. So. We're, we're, we're going we're to have to trust <laughs> yeah. him, right? That, that's, that's why it's so imperative that they clinch the, the division. That's why it's so imperative that they win the division and they're the number one seed. Get the week off. Get your guys rested. 
Get your guys rested and ready to go. Yeah. This team needs uh, and, and Monday's not going to be enough. Monday and, but here's the other thing. A rainout doesn't help you because then you got to play two games in one day. Yeah. That does not help you. Never fun. You need time off. Monday will help a little bit, but what they really need is 6 to 7 innings from John Means tonight and 6 to 7 innings from from Kyle Gibson tomorrow and they need the DFA Jorge Lopez. DFA Jorge Lopez, and look, I don't care how nice of a guy he is. That doesn't win baseball games. Yeah. All right. No, I'm with you. I'm with that, you. That doesn't win baseball games. He needs to be DFA'd so you can get a fresh arm up here who's actually going to get you outs. Yeah. He's actually. I, he's, I, I, I'm all on the TJ McFarland train. That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, what doesn't make a lot of sense? <clears throat> Norfolk. Who effing cares what happens in their season, mm, right? No, they do. No they do. I guess. Right? Why was. Cole Irvin allowed to throw 99 pitches last night. Why was Bruce Zimmerman? Bruce question. Zimmerman's more egregious because he can come up any at any point right now. Right, right. Why was he allowed to throw 99 pitches on Thursday? I, well, you you want to? You're more worried about a Triple A championship. Yeah. Why is this be. allowed to happen? It shouldn't be. They're both on the 40 man roster and they can give you length. If somebody's quote unquote injured, you can bring Irvin up. Well, I think it's actually two things. I think it is one that, sure, okay, they they care about the AAA championship. I think the players do care. However, I also think that gives you a very good insight into what the Orioles think about Bruce Zimmerman. Sure, but it's you've got to get through innings. The, the, sure. See, Bruce Zimmerman, True. Bruce Zimmerman, the intent with him isn't to have him come up here and be lights out. The no, attempt, no, the, 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 sure. the, the thing with him is to have him be up here as a martyr. Yeah. He goes out there... And maybe he falls on a grenade for you. And he gives you four or five innings out of the bullpen. And you... Hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not yet. Not yet. We're in the middle of a conversation. All right. I'm, I was letting you finish. I, no, I, I, figured, I figured we'll get Stan on the line. We're already late for him, so, you know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I guess you can call him. I didn't realize okay. it was... Okay. I, I thought it was 1025. <laughs> I, I didn't realize we were two or three minutes past. Um... Bruce Zimmerman, the, his his purpose is to come up here and get you innings to rest guys in your bullpen who you're going to need in the closer games, right? A game like last night where your starter got you three and a third innings, that's a that's a, that's a perfect situation where Bruce Zimmerman could have been here and you could have used him and Tyler Wells and you could have saved your entire bullpen. But no, he's allowed to throw 99 pitches because we care about a AAA championship. I, I, to... Hindsight's twenty twenty. We're all upset about the way that the Orioles are playing right now, but I just I feel like there's ways to go about this, and I feel like hanging onto a reclamation project in Jorge Lopez because you want him for next year is, uh, and I uh, that and uh, allowing a guy like Bruce Zimmerman, who's a one, who's a guy who's on your forty man roster, who is a guy who can come up and help you when you know that your bullpen has been taxed for two weeks now. To let him throw 99 pitches on Thursday is just, it, it, it's it's a disservice to the team. He needs to be able to be up here to help this team, and somebody else can make a start down in AAA. To me, letting that letting Zimmerman go 99 pitches on Thursday when the Orioles have a very obvious need right now, that it can't happen. It can't happen. With that in mind, uh, let's get Stan on the line. Stan, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Um... 
your thoughts on the Orioles bullpen and the the idea of keeping Jorge Lopez on this roster when he can't help in the postseason. He's had one half season of success in his career, and a guy who's on the forty man who could come up at any time. Bruce Zimmerman, be, Bruce Zimmerman being allowed to throw ninety nine pitches on Thursday. Uh, I didn't know all of that going into this conversation. Um, uh, I did not read your notes last night. Sorry. That's all um, right. I, I Bruce, Bruce Zimmerman, to me, is is not somebody that's going to really help this team. Well, If I had one player that would be up here, it would have been Cole Irvin, you know, because I think he's proven he's capable. So, look, we all hate what's going on with the bullpen right now. It's... Uh, it, it when you when you have so many eggs in the Felix Bautista basket, and that basket is empty, it's it's going to it's going to create a little bit of havoc. There's no question about it. Yeah, and and the thing with 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 Cole Irvin is that he hasn't been down the requisite um, 15 days, so he's not eligible to come up. Bruce Zimmerman's on the 40 man, and you use him more so in the situation where you're not taxing your bullpen if Dean Kramer goes out and gives you three in the third innings like he did last night. Uh, you know, so he's right. he's maybe maybe you live to fight another day because he falls on his on a grenade for you last night is why you would want to have somebody like Bruce Zimmerman up here. But the bullpen. It's not really their fault, Stan, because they're 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 taxed. They're overused. Yeah. I mean, Jacob Webb yeah. I, feels like he feels like he pitches every day. Uh, um, DL Hall pitches every other day. CNL Perez, when he blew that game the other night, I, I have no fault with that because of the fact that he had pitched four times in five days. It was obvious he was absolutely torched the other night. Right. You know, right. To, to me now now look what, what what we're burying here, Stan is the fact that the Orioles have clinched the postseason, right? They're headed to the postseason. They're guaranteed to either be the top AL seed or the top AL wildcard seed. Um, we also know that they're going to be having a, a a home series. Their first series that they play in the postseason, they're guaranteed to have home field advantage. What does, what does that mean for the city, for this team, um, especially after seven years that felt like Two decades uh, since their last well, appearance. Look, this season, this season has gone too too well to start crying in our milk that that some there's problems right now. Mm-hmm. You don't think Tampa Bay has problems right now? Yeah. You don't think the the Houston Astros have problems right now? It's what's going on with the Orioles and their pitching staff. I'll give you that Houston's got the the necessary depth, and it was always why I wanted. Mike Elias to pick up not one but two relievers, if you remember, and he jumped the gun on us by fit, picking up Fujiami, you know, Fujinami, with a a reclamation project, and then he picked up Flaherty at the deadline. Then he picked up and then he picked up Jake Webb, but Webb was sort of nobody really knew what that was going to be be about. But the problems with relief pitching and starting pitching right now. Do, do you see? Can you foresee any any low scoring playoff games in either league right now? I see every game is going to be like eight to seven, nine to eight. They're all going to be crazy because the pitching is still not healed from the pandemic. Everybody is gassed. Yeah, I, I don't see it as an as an Oriole problem. You know. Well, and the, the the other thing, and before we and before we yell, you know, before we yell mercy, 
Look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay lost Brandon Lau last night. They lost they lost another player last night, J- uh, Jason Adam. They lost, and then at like one o'clock in the morning, I'm watching something's on TV, and underneath the scroll, it said the Luke Rallies hurt. So the Tampa Bay Rays just lost three players. It's not as if Tampa Bay is coming on like a juggernaut right now, you know. Uh, the Orioles have had two, three game losing streaks in in the last eight, nine days. You know, yeah, it's, it, it's not great. It's not ideal, but you know, um, to think this was going to be easy at any 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 turn is uh, it's it's not being realistic right now. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think anybody expected it to be easy. I certainly didn't, but I, I would like to think that the Orioles, you know. Two of their last three games, they had an eighth inning lead, and they lost both of those games. I would like to think that they that they should be able to put those games away. You know, um, you you get in you get an eight seven lead in the ninth yesterday, and you have Yenier Cano, who's your best and also most rested reliever, and he gets one out before giving it up. Uh, you'd like to think that, that that those games should be won. And I, I don't expect it to be easy. I don't expect these teams to lay down for them. And look, t- t- Cleveland is a talented roster that underperformed this year. And we're seeing that right now. They're playing really hard right now, despite the fact that they got eliminated last night. So no, no, no none of these teams are going to lay down. It's going to be difficult. To, it's a ba- major league baseball season. They're professional athletes. They get paid to do this for a living. But you, you I just feel like this team should win the games they're supposed to win. And two of the last three, they should have won. It, that's just my opinion on that. But let's not lose sight of the fact, like you said, Stan, that this is a team that's on its way to 100 wins. They're having a, a magical, fantastic season. And if they do clinch this division, they're going to get a week to, to, to lick their wounds, you know, and, yep. and 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 come back hopefully strong and ready to go. But look, Stan, the Orioles, like we said, they clinched. That's a double, by the way, you know, that's a double-edged sword, the, uh, getting the bye. Look at what happened with the Atlanta Braves last year. That's yeah. true. That's true. But if any, <laughs> every team needs it right now, and I don't think any team's going to complain about it, especially with, with the Orioles, who mm-hmm. have used thirty-one relievers in six days. It's, yikes! Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. But look, the Orioles, are, like I said, like we said, they've clinched a playoff spot. Not possible to have done it last week if the if Grayson Rodriguez doesn't go out and do what he did on Saturday night. And he, what he did on Saturday night was eight innings of five hit ball, no no runs. Um, no walks, nine strikeouts. Stan, he went out there in the biggest game of his life and put up the biggest performance of his major league career. What did Grayson Rodriguez show you last week? Well, he uh, showed me that uh, what we what we had all hoped we'd see, that this guy is capable of being a top-of-the-rotation starter, a, uh, a real dominant number one pitcher eventually. Uh, but uh, we learned five days later that he is susceptible to, uh, you know, an expected lack of adrenaline, whatever. You know, a Saturday night in Baltimore with a packed house was vastly different against the number one team you're facing versus a Wednesday night in Cleveland or a Thursday night in Cleveland with 6,000 people there. That's so an excellent point. Vastly different. You know. Excellent point. I don't think it was really that he he pitched down to his competition. I just think it was, you could say, it's, it's sort of a bit of an expected uh, lack of adrenaline going into that game. It's hard. It is. And he's a young pitcher. He'll, he'll, know, he'll know better next time how to pace his, uh, you know, pace his focus a little bit more. 
Yeah, and, and well, it's not like he gave you a bad performance. It just wasn't up to that level. Thirty-seven foul balls. I mean, you look at guys like Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez who had the bulk of those. It's um. Or, or a fair amount of those, maybe not the bulk, but a fair amount. Those are good hitters. Those are the two guys in Cleveland's lineup who you who you know can beat you day in and day out. You know, great at bats by by Cleveland, and maybe Grayson just kind of lacked that put away pitch um, last night. I used to, I used to think that Raphael Devers was the the best that I'd seen at commanding and at bat. Mm-hmm. Are you guys watching what Naylor does? He's really good. Naylor ends up. He does not. He is not governed by the clock at all. He swings. He swings real hard and misses. He walks around the plate, and it's. And I'm going. Okay, when is this guy going to get? And then he calls a timeout. He calls a timeout. It seems like at every at bat. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying it's against the rules, but boy, they got to sharpen that up. He is like. He's like what Mike Hargrove used to be 45 years ago, the human rain delay. Every <laughs> one of his bats is like that. And sure enough, last night he got that, uh, he worked that walk late in that ball game. I think by commanding me at bat was really, as an observer to me, it was annoying as hell. I can't help but think it's annoying as hell to the pitcher out there. Yeah, he certainly uses every bit of the time that they give him. He has to be in the box ready to hit at eight seconds, and he uses every bit of the seven seconds prior to that or the 12 of there's somebody on base. Um, right. You know, he uses every bit of it. You're absolutely and right. And the rule is the rule is that he can call a timeout every at-bat, correct? He can call – any batter can call one timeout every at-bat. Timeout every bat. He seems to use them – at all times, mm-hmm. it, it's been amazing watching him for two nights. Yeah, he doesn't and boy, swing a miss. What, what, I, what I would love to see is what he would look like as a player if he got forty pounds off. What he could do at that point, because he is a real pain in the neck to face. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen a number of players who have kind of been like that. Demetri Young is the first one that comes to to mind, where you're an elite hitter, but oh. but the weight keeps yeah. you. From reaching your full potential. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to me is the same thing. He, he was amazing last year. He, came, he lost like 30 pounds, got in shape, and there was all this talk about it, how he realized he had to change. And this year he's back He's back being, you know, what he seems to always be. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Overweight and out of shape. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, you you see it, maybe not a lot, but enough that you recognize it in Major League Baseball. That's that's for sure. Now, um, Stan, the Orioles, the offense has been up and down. You know, they had, a, they had a stretch where they were scoring, it seemed, anywhere from 7 to 14 runs a night. Uh, and then they had a stretch where they were scoring 3 runs or, or, or less. Um, they've scored 3 runs or less five times in their last nine games. Uh, and... Ryan Mountcastle, he's been missing from this lineup in every single one of those nine games. How much is this offense missing a guy like Ryan Mount? And it's it's weird to say after they just scored eight runs last night, right? But how much does this right. lineup miss a guy like Ryan Mountcastle, considering what he had done since he came back from Vertigo? Yeah, uh, well, it's clear. I feel funny like talking him up because uh, because of how much I talked him down for so long, uh, but clearly. Uh, that's a that's a missing bat in there. There's no question about it. 
Yeah. No question about it. But, again, it's it's not really on the offense. The offense is doing the job. And, look, we were having the same conversation last week, and then the Orioles went out and won the next two games against Tampa Bay, and everything was right in the world. And then they took two straight from Houston. Everything's right in the world. You know, they could come out and win these next two games and then go home and face Washington, sweep them, and then we feel great about things all over again. The sky is not falling despite how gross it looks outside right now. Um, the, the sky's not falling. It's just this is this is crunch time, and they're they're the ones getting crunched. It feels like at the moment. So, but Sam, we're talking about the pitching staff. We're talking about the rotation. We spend a lot of time talking about the Orioles starting rotation for the postseason. Uh, do you trust anybody for this rotation in the playoffs other than Grayson Rodriguez and um, Kyle Bradish at this point? Um, yeah, I still have some trust in, uh, believe it or not, uh, Kyle Gibson, and mm-hmm. uh, I have I have a level of trust with Dean Kramer. I mean, that was a bad outing last night by Dean Kramer, you know. And you just wonder, you know, if if it's the running on fumes right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you know. You you move to um you move to the off season you move to next year and we're not trying to put the cart before the horse you know and, and overlook what's going on right now, uh, but you look at this Orioles rotation going into next year and we can we can imagine that Kyle Gibson is probably not back next year and not, neither is Jack Flaherty, uh, but then you have a five man Orioles rotation of Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, Dean Kramer, and Tyler Wells. Uh, and that's if they don't. I don't see. I don't see any way, shape, or form Wells is in the rotation next year. You don't think so? Uh, they, don't, they, think, they they keep no, talking about him like he's a starter. No, I don't see it. Well, they they talk about him like he's a starter, and it was nice to get two and a half months out of him as a starter, or three months out of him as a starter. But it's to me, it's clear his history with with the shoulder problems he's had. He should have been a relief pitcher, and I said it. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. And uh, I'll admit that it appears right now like I was wrong about Ryan Mountcastle. Although, long term, let's see what happens with him. Sure. But you get back to Tyler Wells last spring, we would talk. And I always talked about how Wells should be the number two guy in the bullpen because it was something he had done. And it wasn't a knock against his abilities. It was a knock about his ability to stay healthy enough the whole year long, mm-hmm. and I think we saw what happened to him. I don't see, I don't see any evidence why that wouldn't happen to him again next year. So then, do you do you see this as a situation where the Orioles will go out and spend the money on a big ticket starting pitcher? I, I think that they have to be past the time where they're spending ten million dollars on somebody like Kyle, like 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 um um. Kyle Gibson or Jordan Lyles, I think that they have to be at a point now where they're spending money on somebody who can legitimately bolster the starting rotation. Do you agree with that? I, I would agree with it, but I don't think it necessarily has to come at, at spending of uh, spending beyond their means. I think there's ways to acquire those those people. You know. Yeah, and, and there's, there's they, look, they look around. They look around the baseball world, and they can identify certain people that hey, we can make more out of him than what's here. That's what Tampa did with Zach Eflin. You know, mm-hmm. they've got Zach Eflin for ten million dollars a year for three years. Would you like to have him on our staff right now? I sure would. I sure do, would. Yeah, they have to do a better job at identifying those people. And frankly, you know, Mike Mike has has done that in the case of Kyle Bradish. Uh, clearly, that's who he wanted in the Dylan Bundy trade. 
you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and uh, he's picked up, he seems to pick up one guy in every deal they make. You know, Kate Povich is, is the guy, and Cano happened to be uh, sort of a, uh, you know, he, he was a piece. But I, I, I think if you injected Michael Elias with truth serum and said, did you really know what you were going to get out of Cano? He would have never said, uh, oh, yeah, I knew we, we were. We snuck him through. Yeah. We were going to get something special out of him. Yeah. And the, the guy that they that they traded to get those guys, Cade Povich and Yenier Cano, is Jorge Lopez, who is on this roster stand. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, does he need to be? Uh, are, are, do you, do we need to see if they can if they can make Jorge Lopez um, into what he was the first half of last year again next year? Do, do we need that at this point? I I, I think I think. Well, you're you're stressing. Do we need it now? I I'm think talking about he's next year. Interesting. I, I'm. I think he's an interesting piece to go to spring training with next year. He's affordable. Uh, you know, uh, you got to you got to look look under every rock that you can find to be able to afford other people that we say we can't lose. Mm-hmm. And he would be one of those people. You know, and until until Felix Bautista, they determine what's really going to happen with him, whether he's going to miss next year or not. Um, I'm certainly holding on to Jorge Lopez. That doesn't mean he has to pitch in every game. You yeah. Know? He's just getting a lot of big high leverage situations right now. I get it that that's out of necessity, um, but he has since, since he got back here, he's pitched in big game situations. And to me, it just, yeah. it just seems like this isn't the, for a guy who's not going to be on your postseason roster, he's only had a modicum of success at any point in his career. It's a, it's a, it's a lot to ask, I think, to keep him on the roster right now. Sam, there, there's, a, there's a guy we don't often yeah. talk about, and I want to just shift gears here for a second because it's been on my mind all show. Haven't really gotten anything in about it, but Ramona Rios has been overall very, very average across the board. I don't think the defense has been quite as good as last year. As we're talking about moving into next season, what do you think the role is going to be for Ramona Rios uh, next year? Does he make the roster? Is he going to be a spring training guy who's going to have to win a spot? What do you look at for him? That's a good question because I had somebody texting me that last night. Uh, you know that he's really, uh, you know, the way he's playing defense right now, it's it's not the same as last year. He did get the big hit last night. You know, the, or was it the night before? I can't remember the double to right field. That was last uh, night, or triple to right field. Um, he's not somebody that's definitely locked in next year. He's definitely not somebody that's locked in. He's somebody that could be dealt. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they put a package together to to try and get what they need. You know, only about a seven hundred. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at them more exploring the trade market for for the pitcher they need, and maybe giving sure. up sure. giving up a little extra. You know, in a in a deal, but. Uh, uh, I I don't see them playing right now in the free agent market for pitching, other than a po- possibly uh, a reliever or two. Just you know, a, again, I always pointed, I always pointed to the Houston Astros. The reason they won the World Series last year is because they could out pitch everybody else in long games. You know, they just that bullpen was like eight strong, seven strong. The Orioles is like. You know, even with Bautista and Cano when it was pitching good, 
it wasn't seven or eight strong. It was like four strong, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Coulomb has finally sort of come back to earth. He hasn't been what he was, um, you know. Well, they, they, and, they've all and, come back okay, to and, Yeah, yeah, that's what the regression to the mean is about, you yeah. know. They've, they've all come back to earth, and, and it, a lot of it has to deal with the fact that their starting pitchers aren't getting deep enough in the games, which is the whole point of, yep. the, of, the, of the question about. And I, I like what you said, that, they, that they, you think they'll be playing more in the trade market for, for starting pitching next year. They have to find a way to be able to get deeper in games late in the season because that's why the bullpen's falling apart right now. I mean, 30, 31 relievers in six-inning stand, that, that's, that's absurd. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Now, now, how much of this? I mean, I got to be honest, I, and I'm not a greedy guy when it comes to some somebody. Like last night, you can see the first one or two batters whether Fujinami is on or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and and I can't pretend that I know for a fact had they left him in another inning, but he pitched the two batters last night, and I know Brandon is is probably smart in this regard. It's always like when. When Buck would uh, Buck or even Dave Tremblay, they'd get a guy that's got like a seven ERA, and he pitches four shutout innings, and you really have to send him back there for the fifth. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like you know that the it's a time bomb ticking. Last night, I didn't feel there was a time bomb ticking with Fujinami. Yeah. I thought he could have gone another inning. Yeah, I thought he could have too, and I, I I also look at it, Stan, that you got six outs on nineteen pitches from Tyler Wells. Maybe let Tyler Wells finish that inning, or let him get put a runner on yeah. before you go to yeah. go to Fujinami. Well, he did, he did he did bring what I did like about that. I like Hyde. He shortens innings for people, and that's what he was doing for Fujinami. He remember he had Wells come out and get the first out. Right of was it the sixth or seventh inning? I believe, but it was I the agree sixth. with you. I'm I'm like sort of going. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Why are you taking him out? And then Fujinami looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And there's this dependence. There's this dependence on Cano as being the Cano of you know May 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 and early June last year. That's been that's like three and a half months ago, man. That's yeah. not the Cano of today. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and the, the, it's because they're all taxed. And the, the thing with Cano, he was the most rested of all of them last night, and, yep. and he got he got one out. He it was eight pitches before before he gave up the gave up the game. I'm yep. wondering, Stan. Yep. You know, we hear a lot about how the schedule makers didn't do the Orioles any favors. They had two West Coast trips three weeks apart late in the season, 17 games in a row in the month yep. of September without a day off. Two days off total yep. in the final month of the season. How much of that do you think is having an impact on what's going on right now? I think it's have, it's having a severe impact. There's no question about it. But you can't tell me that the the 2023 Orioles that there's some kind of conspiracy on Park no, Avenue. No, no, absolutely not. Screw the, you know, I, but but you'd have to explain to me the logic of five or six days off in June mm-hmm. and two two in September, uh, wrapped around those two trips too. So. It's an exhausted team right now, mm-hmm. but they've got a lot of they've got a lot of reserve there, a reservoir of, uh, you know, that's where some of the team the team that that feeling that each player has for one another they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get it together. Yeah, you know? and I, I'm not saying they're gonna win the World Series, but they will not go down uh, 
in flames. Trust me. Well, I'll tell you, Stan, my dad is the biggest, uh, is the most pessimistic Baltimore sports fan there is. And he told me yesterday that the Orioles are winning the World Series this year. So that means uh, you yeah. can take that in a hill of beans and you'll have a hill of beans. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just a, I just thought it was kind of funny that my dad, of all people, said that last night. You know, and you're right. This team does have reserves. And just like last Saturday when I said, great, I think Grayson Rodriguez is going to go out and get the job done and the Orioles are going to win tonight. I'm going to say it now. I think Means is going to give him six innings tonight. I think the Orioles are going to win this ball game tonight and get back. Well, that's, what Palmer, that's what Palmer said last night, that I'll give him six innings. Yep. I sure hope he's right. He, he needs I sure to. Hope he's right. <laughs> he needs to. Stan, who's, what you pitching for Cleveland? who's pitching for Cleveland tonight? Zach, do you have that? I will be checking it. Give me one second. I know it's Gavin Williams tomorrow. I think that so tonight it might be. Running. Is it Quantrill tonight? I think it's Cal Quantrill. Yes, That's Cal yes. Quantrill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he, he yeah. Could be. I don't want to put. It, I don't want to put it on him, but he could be just what the Orioles need. We'll yeah, five, a five and a quarter ERA, and John Means going yeah. out there. He's, he looked pretty good last time out. Strikeout numbers aren't yeah. there, but I don't care about that. He gets outs. So, Sam, what do you got coming up this week? Um. I don't know the time right now, but it really is not all that important because I don't know how many people watch my Zooms live. But we're going to have Dan Duquette on on Monday. Oh, that'll be uh, fun. But I have to change. I have to change the time around a little bit. I got him booked for seven o'clock and didn't realize it was a Yom Kippur holiday. So I have to try. I'm going to try and get him on live with Ross and Luke and I at about three thirty or four o'clock. Oh, very nice. Uh, Monday. And then on Thursday morning, uh, because of schedule, I'm going to be talking to two uh, people, Jeff Newman and Mike Hankin, of the Five Star, the Maryland Five Star event that's coming up in uh, three about three and a half weeks uh, up in uh, um, well, it's not it's Cecil County up at uh, Fair Hills. So it's a huge event coming up. It's third year of the five star and I will we'll be talking to a couple of people from yeah. that. Very, very big event. Uh, the, the last three years I remember talking about and how big of an event it is. So we need to be sure to tune in for that. Really looking forward to um, your, your interview with uh, Dan Duquette. That should be good, especially after Michael Elias uh, gave him a lot of praise for the current team's yeah. uh, success. Very, very uh, yeah. nice to hear. So, all right, Stan, thank you so much, man. Have a great weekend. Stay dry, and we'll talk to you next week. All right? All right, guys. Keep the faith. Yes, Bye. sir. See you. Now with Stan the Fan, Charles Drew has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now every Monday at 6 or maybe 3.30 or 4 this week, depending, uh, Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. Every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will still chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week they're going to be talking with, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the names, I'm so sorry. But Dan Duquette. Uh, no, I know Dan Duquette, but on Thursday, uh, the guys from the five Maryland Five Star. Um, I, oh my gosh! Tune in. It's a big, it's a big event, big horse racing event here in the state of Maryland. That's the third year, and Stan will be talking with the big wigs from that. He just told me, and I forgot that quickly, man. Sheesh. I'm not a name person, so I can't help you. Yeah, out I'm, here. I'm pretty. I have to hear your name two or three times before. But anyway, um, so you'll be able to tune into that uh, on Thursday night with Stan and Gary Stein. Um, you can watch the shows live at facebook.com/slash pressbox or find them the next day at pressboxonline.com/slash video and youtube.com/slash pressboxonline. And coming up this Monday, Stan Ross and Luke will be joined by former Orioles VP, like we said, Dan Duquette, to discuss the holdovers from his era who helped the Birds return to the post season before we catch our break Zach you got a little sounding off to do something I couldn't care less about 
But it's a well, thing, and you want to sound off on it. Okay, so as many of you probably know, I uh, I majored in sport management at Towson for my undergrad, and that's what I did. And uh, I had a class. Why would anyone know that? I've said it on the show before. That's Like why. once. That's why. <laughs> Multiple times. Anyway, point is, uh, one of the classes I had, we actually went over uh, Florida, and we did a little case study of Florida, and we talked about... Why why does nobody go to Florida sports games? Like why are Florida sports games some of the least attended? The Marlins don't really get in attendance. That stadium is not very nice. It's kind of like a almost looks like a warehouse. And then Jeter tore down the giant uh, I don't know what do you call it the the Marlins statue in Fairfield. Yeah, they look, they look like stained <laughs> they, glass from a church or yeah, something, but like awful. They ruined it. That was the fun part of that stadium. But no one. Sh- the moral of the story here is that no one shows up to Florida sports games. And we went through all that case study, and in that class, I learned that. Apparently, Disney is what really takes away from all of these Florida sports teams' revenues. But specifically, I'm going to talk about the Rays today because they just announced that they're going to be staying in St. Pete. Now, we've talked about before that possible moving to Montreal scenario and play like half the games in Tampa that Bay, was never gonna half the games in Montreal. It, it went farther than I ever expected it to. Rob Manfred apparently like signed off on it. This was a thing that was actually going to possibly happen, and then it just kind of fell through. We never really heard about it again. It's the dumbest idea ever. Here's the problem with the Rays. The problem with the Rays is that they have a terrible stadium. Tropicana Field is the worst place to play in Major League Baseball, except maybe uh, in Oakland. But that's obviously going to be out the window in a few years, too. Oakland's going to move to Vegas. But the point is... Number one, that the stadium's terrible. Okay, so they're going to get rid of it. They're going to build a brand new stadium. It's going to have a roof because you're in Tampa Bay, and that's that's how it works down there. But the problem is, is that it's not actually in Tampa Bay. It's actually going to be in St. Pete, which is relatively close to Tampa Bay. But the problem with this entire scenario for the Rays and why they rarely have good attendance and why they're one of the best teams in baseball and rarely have good attendance is that their stadium isn't actually in the city the team's named after. It's not. It's and it, they're doing it, it again. It's like forty-five minutes yeah, away, it's and 40, you got to drive. It's, it's close, but like not really. It's really out of the way to get to. So, it's like this is the entire problem in the first place, and they're just going to replicate the problem now by building another stadium in St. Pete. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe they couldn't get land grants in uh, in Tampa Bay. That that could certainly be the possibility. But why? Why, out of all the scenarios the Rays could have picked from, why did they decide to build another aren't they, stadium aren't, in St. Pete? Aren't, aren't they trying to like build it into the community, into they, the they city? Are. They, they, they right. want to create. Tampa Bay Times reported they want to create a vintage Florida neighborhood vibe in the new stadium. Right, whatever what, that means, I I don't know. The, the, the Tropicana is like, like it's awful. Don't get it, me wrong. It, it, it's it's like no in the middle of nowhere. But right? are you really going to get people to come out? So say you work in Tampa Bay. Say you work, you know. A five, nine to five job. Are you going to drive that forty five minutes to St. Pete after you work that job to, to go barely be able to make it to a to a race game? Some are. I mean, I I don't I, know. I, I live forty minutes from Camden Yards and I still go. That's true, but there are a lot of people who live in Baltimore City. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just it's it's placed right. It's people, placed in the right if spot. You, if you build it, they will come. If it's a new stadium and Tampa mm. Bay's good. People will show up. I think the real issue here is that they probably tried to build the stadium in Tampa Bay, and they couldn't find the space for it. I, I think that would have to be the case. Uh, the stadium is going to cost one point three billion dollars. Um, uh, chump change. It looks. I mean, it looks pretty amazing. The the, it, it, it the photo they put out there. I mean, it, it's going to be uh, again with a roof. So it, it it might have that dark and dingy feel like their stadium does now. But the Marlins did a really good job of kind of letting in a bunch of natural light. There's a bunch of windows there. If you've ever been there, it's it's pretty interesting. It, again, it looks like a lighted warehouse more or less. But 
Tampa Bay Stadium, it needed to go. It's going to go. And but the location's the problem here. I, I was I, I looked at this and I was like, what what is this? Like well, I, come on. If, come on. if Tampa Bay doesn't have the space to build it, they don't have the space to build it. So yeah. you gotta go to St. Pete, maybe they'll change your name to the then, I don't to, know. to the the St. Pete's Trick or Treats. <laughs> wow, that's a good name. The St. Pete's really Trick or Treats. But they can't go orange and black because there's already that in the division. They can't and do that. They, they, they can't do that. But I don't know, man. I mean, it, 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 again, the pictures they show, it looks nice. Well, well it squashes the idea that they might be relocated to. I, I, I hate watching games in that stadium, like in Tropicana right now. I hate watching Royals games in that stadium. It's so dark and gross. Like, like it's, it's like, awful. You've been in the stadium? No, or no. Watching on TV. Watching on TV, it just, it just looks awful. Like I, I feel bad for the fans who are sitting there miserably in that warehouse, like it is right now. I don't know. So yeah, just, no, I, I, I get it. It's, it's I think a, it's a stupid. It's, and the fact that fly balls can hit the roof. <laughs> yeah, right. Stuck right, up like, there, and that you, and that the the roof is yeah. the same color as the baseball, so you can't see it half the time. I don't think that happens in any other roof stadium. I mean, you have you have Toronto, you have Miami, it and doesn't. you have Arizona, who all have roofs, and that never happens. It 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 doesn't. Awful. It doesn't. The only thing that it's, that's close was is the Cowboy Stadium. Where the big scoreboard was so low at one point, the punch right. would hit it. That's right. But you know, um, well, it makes me even more confident that there's going to be expansion and a team sure. that moves to a, a team, an expansion team in Nashville. I was going to say we're looking at Nashville, but then you can't have. I, I wouldn't think they would go with an odd number of teams. Well, they're going to they're going to expand to 32 teams. So where are the other one? That Probably go, Montreal. Though. Yeah, it where, could be. Where, where else could would be. we go? You know, because they're already. Or maybe maybe they move a team back to Oakland. That that's very possible. I just feel like with Montreal, it would be very hard to build a fan base there because everyone there, I feel like, is probably uh, Jays fans now. You know, I, I that's probably how it happened. I mean, there's there's tons of Montreal fans. I mean, look at how yeah. many fans were Orioles fans that became Nationals fans. Definitely. You know, when the, and when, when when the when the Ravens came here, I was a Cowboys fan, and I I switched over to the Ravens. I'd, you know, you were a Cowboys fan. They, they played. We need this story. They played every Sunday on Fox, mm-hmm. every football year of my of my youth. Okay. The Ravens didn't have a team till I was almost thirteen. Okay. Um. Actually, I think their first game was on my thirteenth. Was no, it was the week before my thirteenth. Oh, happy birthday. birthday, by the way. Thanks. That was uh, happy we, birthday. We, this is our second show yeah. since my birthday. Hmm. So forgot about th- that. Thanks for that, buddy. <laughs> um. Uh, I, th- I, I, th- I didn't get a happy birthday on the show either. So it's you, okay. I don't know your birthday. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you're May right. whatever. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, like May. It's May fourth. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're you're a Star Wars douche. <laughs> September thirteenth. Um, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we, I definitely wish you a happy birthday on the show. No, we, I, I, I don't think so. I, made, I don't think I so. made the Star Wars joke. Um, if you you probably did, if you did. Yeah, there's probably no probably. I'm, I, go back to the May to the show right around May fourth. I'm pretty sure. It's okay, like, I'll, we, make, we, I'll we, make sure to do that as soon as I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, you keep sending me the, the, that song you sent me by Bruce Springsteen. Utter crap! Oh come on! It was utter come crap. Come on! It was <laughs> it was utter crap. Come on! It was. I don't. I don't even want to get it. I don't even want to hear why. I don't even want to hear you say why. Can, you, <laughs> do a live it, 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 stop, it, stop, it stop. Was, stop! It was. I'm it was. It was. Like, it was I, like. I have the ability. Toby to mute Keith you. will put a boot in your ass. It, it was. It's like you're trying too hard, man. You're, what? You're trying too hard nobody, to sing like this. Nobody. Because no, I'm Bruce Springsteen. That's just what he sounds I, like. I gotta be guttural because that's what American people want to hear. Never ever. That was a really good Bruce Springsteen. That was really good. That was terrible. Today's his birthday, so put some respect on his name. Today's Bruce's birthday. Oh, whatever. Uh, It's also Bruce Springsteen Day in New Jersey. So 
I might Every do. day's Bruce Springsteen day in New Jersey. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And how old is he now? Ninety-three? No, I know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's seventy-five. He's seventy-four. Seventy-four. 74. I thought he was seventy-five. Seventy-four. Today. All right. He's seventy. Zach would know. You're, you're talking to the president of the fan club. It's so, so weird, man. It's it's like weird that the twenty-two-year-old loves Bruce Springsteen this I, much. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe. Uh, utter, uh, utter. You we'll know, put a boot in your ass. You just compared him to Toby Keith. Yeah. I, well, I like countrying. Toby Keith is terrible. Awful. Anyway, does your fo- fantasy football team need help? Lots Yours of help. does. Like Yours does. I'm the only 2-0 team in the league, by the way, FYI. Oh, dude, my, 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 <laughs> I, everybody that I have got hurt. This is going to be an awful <laughs> yeah. This is going to be an awful year of fantasy football for me. I, like, I already know it. I have two wins, and they're both in the press box league. Um, anyway, start over. Does your fantasy football team need help? Lots of help? Pressbox and Live Casino and Hotel have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Pressbox fantasy football expert Joe Serpico with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on sits and starts, trades and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social. With a reserve table and $200 food and beverage credit. To enter, go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You must be 21 or older to enter. Complete rules available at PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Uh, When we come back in, the payoff pitch around the league, and then some Orioles banter. That's next on the Battle Round. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Libation Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Welcome back into the Bat Around, rolling right along here on a dreary, dreary Saturday. Today's show brought to you by Glenn Clark Radio, which is, Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio, which is the definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys caught up with Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce and offensive line. Kevin Zeitler, Hall of Famer James Lofton, before he calls Ravens Colts for CBS, former Ravens defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano, and even actor Steve Sherpa, who played Bobby Bacala on The Sopranos. You can find those interviews and more in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. Real quick, Kevin Zeitler deserves none of the hate that he's gotten from fans this year. I've seen very negative Twitter comments about Kevin Zeitler. Really? He's played great. Kevin Zeitler's played fantastic he plays so great. far. Always. He's so solid. And I, I, he people are like, oh, Kevin Zeitler's washed. I'm like, come on. This guy's played great so far. Absolutely. The line week one wasn't great, but they, they certainly when's, improved when's last When's the last week. time you thought about Marshall Yonda? Uh, I, I mean, I think about him pretty often because he's one of the great Ravens of all time. But whenever, whenever I don't know, whenever someone talks about the Ravens O-line, it's like, well, it hasn't been the same since Marshall Yonda, which is the truth. But uh, I haven't thought about Marshall Yonda since Kevin Zeitler got here. Okay. Uh, he's uh, to me. He's been that good. I'm not saying he's, he's Marshall. Really good. I'm not saying he's Marshall Yonda, but it's like when they when the Ravens uh, transitioned from Ray Lewis to Daryl Smith. Daryl Smith was a really good linebacker. Yeah, for this team. Yeah, he was. You know, he he's he wasn't Ray Lewis, and he didn't make you forget about Ray Lewis. But he made you think, okay, the linebacking core is okay. Because yeah, he Darryl was a bit Smith's of a different there. type of linebacker. But he was still yeah, he, he was very he was a good in the yeah. NFL. Though. Yeah, he was very good here. 
He, he to me now Roquan Smith's the guy who makes you think, damn Ray Lewis. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's more of the Ray Lewis type player. Right. right. Nobody's quite Ray Lewis. But my point is, Kevin Zeitler's not quite Marshall Yonda because Marshall Yonda is a borderline Hall of Famer. You look at Kevin Zeitler though, and he has really solidified the right side of the Ravens line. Yeah, no uh, he's been. No I, I, I think he's allowed one sack since he's been here. Yeah, Kevin Zeitler so good. has been really, really good. Um, how do we get talking about that? <laughs> I last week people were posting all over Twitter, and I was like, this has to stop. This guy's too good. Well, what has to start is what what has to stop is what the Orioles did last night, and that leads us into the payoff pitch. Around the league. Dean Kramer fell flat on his face again, and Brandon Hyde used six relievers as the Orioles lost a heartbreaker in walk-off fashion to Cleveland 9-8. Dalton Barsho homered, and Chris Bassett struck out eight while pitching into the seventh to pick up his 15th win, 6-2 to keep Tampa Bay one and a half back in the AL East. Seiya Suzuki collected three hits, including his 20th home run, while driving in three to back six shutout innings from Jamison Tyana as the Cubs blanked the Rockies 6 to nothing. The Pirates clubbed four solo home runs to send the Reds to their third loss in a row, 7-5, to dropping Cincy a game and a half back of the Cubs for the third and final wild card, and a wild card spot. Christian Yelich homered twice and drove in five, while Josh Donaldson and Carlos Santana turned back the clock, combining for four hits and five ribeye stakes as the Brewers clubbed the Marlins 16-1. to I think I used club like four times. 16-1, uh, to dropping Miami behind the Cubs for the third and a wild card spot. Aaron Judge homered three times and drove in six to lead the Yankees over Arizona 7-1, who now hold just a one-game lead over the Cubs for the second NL wildcard spot. JT Realmuto hit a three-run homer, and Alex Bohm drove home Trey Turner with a single in the bottom of the tenth for the walk-off victory 5-4 over the Mets. The Braves homered a lot, the Nationals pitched like crap, and the score was what you'd expect for a good team playing a bad team, 9-6 Braves. If a game happens but nobody cares, does it actually happen? Red Sox 3, White Sox 2. Corey Seager and Evan Carter each homered on a roll as Chapman pitched like crap to match the piece of crap that he actually is, and the Rangers held <laughs> off a late comeback from the Mariners to win it 8-5. Oh, wow. The Rangers' win moved them into first place by a half game in the AL West and pushed Seattle a half game back for the final AL wildcard spot. Kansas City used three of their five total hits to score four runs in the first inning and then two hit by pitch, a walk, and a single to score three in the sixth while also striking out 14 times in the game in the greatest contact to damage ratio game of all time, shocking the Astros 7-5 to to push Houston in the half game behind the Rangers in the AL West. Alex Kirilov homered and drove in three despite not starting and Pablo Lopez picked up a quality start and his 11th win, helping the Twins take down the Angels 8-6. to The win clinched Minnesota's third AL Central Division title in five years and eliminate Cleveland from postseason contention. <coughs> Frauds! Uh. Again, I ask if a game happens but nobody cares, does it actually happen? A's 8, Tigers 2. Manny Machado collected four hits, including his 29th and 30th home runs, the latter being the game-winning two-run shot in the bottom of the eighth. And Matt Waldron struck out nine and five and two-thirds innings of one-run balls. The Padres won their eighth straight, four to two, to remain four games back of the third and final wild card spot. That team finally playing up to their talent, and it's too little, too late. They're not picking yeah. up four games this yeah. last week. Uh, and finally, the Giants hit three home runs, including a two-run shot off the bat on Mike Yastrzemski, and Sean Manaya turned in his best outing of the season, allowing three hits and no walks over seven shutout innings to lead the Giants to a 5-1 to victory over the rival Dodgers to keep their faint playoff hopes alive. Freddie Freeman uh, became the first player in Dodgers history with a 200-hit, 25-homer, 20-steal season Crazy. last night. He has 56 doubles this year. I ask you, 
is Freddie Freeman a Hall of Famer? Oh yeah, no I, I I think so too. Like there's now that he won a World Series, there's no question. He won a World Series MVP, seven time All Star, one time Gold Glover, nine ninety six fielding percentage. Um, he's got a three in his career. He hits over three hundred wow. with a three eighty eight on base percentage and a nine oh six. See, uh, or nine oh two OPS. Here's the thing: if they hold him back because he's not a five hundred home run guy or a three thousand hit guy. That'll be ridiculous because he, he is every bit deserving of Hall he, of Fame. I, I 100% agree with you. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer. 2100 hits. Um, he's not. He he, he it's gonna I, be. He's got he's got four years left on his contract. He may play beyond his year, his age 38 season. Yeah. We'll see. Justin Turner didn't. He's still dominating oh, right yeah. now. Um, I it, I can't think of a guy throughout my lifetime. Well, I, I guess I can think of a few, but he has been incredibly consistent throughout my entire time watching baseball as a fan. I mean, he oh, just, absolutely. He had he's had what. Maybe two or three seasons that aren't Freddie Freemish. He's every year. He's just incredible. I don't even think. I think every year he does about the same thing. Yeah. He, and yeah, he had it, one year semi recently that like wasn't quite Freddie Freemish, but he's been really good his whole career. Um, just, I'm very interested to see because I'm almost certain that he has just been exactly the same player every single year. But what I will tell you, I, I think I think the year that you're talking about is where he hit like 260 the first half, and he still hit like 299 that year. It was 20. Oh, I see. He still had a really good season. 2015. He played. He was a little bit injured. 276. He still had an 841 OPS. He was still really good. Mm-hmm. So, but that wasn't quite the the 334 he's hitting this year with his 411 on base percentage. Yeah. The guy's incredible. 301, 388, 514, 902 for his career. Yeah, for his career I mean, slash line. He's going to end his career with over 400 home runs. Yeah. He's going to end his career with about 27, 2,800 hits, well over 1,500 RBIs and over 1,200 walks. You think he's going to get 700 more hits? I don't know about that. He's got four years, and he just yeah. it, he just stole 20 backs for the first time in his career at age 34 and his 14th Which season. Which is crazy. He just had his first 200-hit season. Yeah, uh, He's got 56 doubles this year. Uh, to me, it's it, almost it, like he's getting better. And yeah. He's got four years left on his contract. I... I mean, you're talking about a guy, he needs to get 600 hits over the next four years. That's 150 hits a year. Yeah, I think he's going to get there. Yeah, he could get there. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, his average his average 162-game season, and he plays 150-plus almost every year, is 182 hits. He's unbelievable. He, he's going to get there. Yeah. He's going to get he's there. All right, what's on tap today? All right, first game of the day is the Angels and the Twins, 210 at Target Field, Kenny Rosenberg against Sonny Gray. Rockies and Cubs, Chris Flex and Marcus Stroman, 220 in Chicago. Jose Quintana, the lefty, goes for the Mets. Zach Wheeler, the righty, goes for the Phillies. 405 at Citizens Bank Park. To be determined for the Tigers, Joe Boyle for the Athletics. Not a game that many people care about. 407 at the Oakland it, Coliseum. Will it actually happen? It'll actually happen, and <laughs> someone will win. Uh, Yinjin Ryu, Zach Little, Blue Jays, Rays, AL East matchup, 410 at Tropicana Field. The Orioles are going to hope the Blue Jays can knock off the Rays in that one. White Sox and Red Sox, another game that as Paul said, no one is really going to care that much about. 410 at Fenway Park, Dylan Cease, Nick Pavetta. Brandon Woodruff, Jesus Lazardo, Brewers and Marlins, good game there. 410 at Lone Depot Park. John Means, the lefty, goes for the O's. Cal Quantrill goes for the guards. 610 at Progressive Field. John Means looks for his first win of the season and looks for a little bit better of a strikeout game for him tonight. Pirates and Reds, 640, Bailey Falter, Connor Phillips. Mariners and Rangers, Logan Gilbert goes for the M's, and Jordan Montgomery goes for the Rangers. 7-0-5 at Global Life Field. To be determined for the Royals, J.P. France for the Astros, 7-10 in Houston. Jake Woodford, Nick Martinez, Cardinals and Padres, 8-40 at Petco Park in San Diego. Another to be determined for the Giants, Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers, 9-10 at Dodger Stadium. Clayton Kershaw, by the way, 12 wins, 2-5-2 ERA. He's just, again, never, never going to be bad. 
Kyle Wright makes his first start of the season. Jonah Doan makes his first start of the season. Uh, Bra- oh, that's excuse me, that's not correct. Um, mm, interesting. They've got some weird things uh, posted here. The Braves and Nationals game has been postponed, and they they have everyone's stats as zero. So excuse me for saying that, but Braves and Nationals are postponed for today. D-backs and Yankees also postponed for today at Yankee Stadium. So two games postponed by this tropical cyclone or something, whatever they call it, tropical storm that we have in the East Coast. Postponed. I don't know why I, th- I thought Jonah Doan had never pitched a game. I, d- I guess I don't pay attention to the Nationals that much. Jonah but- Doan postponed a- <laughs> by the <laughs> Tropical Storm. It, it said he had a, it, no starts, no innings pitched this year, and I just went with it. So, Anyway, Nationals and Braves postponed, D-backs and Yankees postponed. Huh. So, yeah. Huh. A lot of- and to be determined, going three times today Man. for everyone. So that's Rubber arm. Fun. Yeah, rubber. Yeah, just, rubber, rubber. It's like rubber Dil- Dylan Bundy in high school. Just so, go three times. Orioles banter. Oh, very nice job. Thank you, sir. Thank sure. you for your your uh, your hard work and all the trouble and painstaking efforts that you put into this show every single week. And I week. still thought Jonah Doan. <laughs> Joe, I, don't even, I don't even know who Jonah Doan is. I don't really either. What I do know is that the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, and you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. They were the ones presenting you with the payoff pitch around the league. Um, Yeah, so Orioles banter. Orioles are kind of crawling to the finish right now. Look, they were in the exact same situation last week, right, where they they had lost four straight. They weren't hitting. And you're like, crap, man. It's a four-game series. They need to win t- the next two. And then they went out and they won the next two, right? Yeah. Um, I fully expect that that's what's going to happen uh, this time around with Cleveland. And if it's, and then they got Washington at home after yeah. a day off, finally. Um, so, I, I look, if the Orioles win four games in a row, they're going to clinch. Yeah. Right? If they, if yeah. they win four games in a row, they're magic number six right now. You have to imagine that Tampa Tampa will win will lose two more games uh, in the you ne- would think. between now and Wednesday um and they're going up against Ryu today Tampa yeah. Bay so that's and, that's a tough matchup and, and, and Tampa Bay has is going to be without Randy Rosarena who left the game last night with with uh, quad tightness he's day to day so you know he's not playing today right. they're going to be without Brandon Lau for the for the basically the rest of Four the year Four to 6 weeks it's, it's said, basically so, basically yeah. the rest of the year um, Jason Adam, one of their top relievers, he's hurt again. Yep. Um, we already know Wander Franco's not there. We already know all the guys that are gone from their rotation. They, that seems to have not slowed them down at all no. to this point this year. But losing a Rosarena for any t- amount of time, Brandon Lau and Jason Adam, maybe it's the nail in the coffin that helps the Orioles clinch this division. That was the exact word I was going to use, nail in the coffin. It seems like they've been able to weather skirt, the storm. Yeah, weather skirt away from every single injury. And just throw someone else in that spot and have them be just as good. It mm-hmm. seems like they've done. I mean, Shane McClanahan went down, and Zach Eflin becomes the ace. It's just every time someone's been down, they've just made the best of it. Yeah. I don't know if they can actually weather this storm. I don't think this is the one they can overcome because Randy Rosarena is too important to this team. Brandon Lau's too important to this team. Jason Adams, you said, is too important. Now, even mm-hmm. if Randy Rosarena is back in four days, the Orioles could have clinched by then. So yeah. I, I think. This isn't good. Like we, we can talk about the Orioles bullpen all we want. Say, okay, they're overworked. The starters haven't been that good as of late. We can talk about that all we want. Tampa Bay is the most injured team in the major leagues right now. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to win this division. So they're in just as bad of a spot as the Orioles are, if not worse. Yeah. Yeah. And like Stan said, and, and, and I and I posted this on Twitter last night. 
Baseball's a long season, man. It's six yep. months long. It's 162 games. It's the only sport where you basically play every single day. Yeah. Right? You, you, it's, 180, it's 162 games in 180 days. Right. That's three days off a month. It's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's a lot. Plus, spring training. So you're playing 30 spring training games. You're in spring training from the middle of February to the end of March. Yeah. So that's another six weeks. And then if you're lucky enough to get to the postseason, not lucky enough, good enough to get to the postseason, that's another four weeks. If you're again, if you're good enough, right? It's a lot. This time of year, everybody's nicked up. Right. Everybody's right. sore. Everybody's tired. Everybody's dealing with something. You've got to have that little bit of extra. Yeah. You've got to have that ability to dig deeper, right? Dean Kramer last night was maybe the most disappointing start of the entire season. Th- to do that, to do that against a bad offensive team in a situation where you need to, you need to win all the games you can, because despite Tampa's injury riddled roster, they have they're not going away. Right, right. That start last night was so poor. It was so egregiously poor. Where's the dig deeper? Where's the the, the 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 intestinal fortitude to say, you know what? My team needs me. L- like the Orioles situation for Dean Kramer to go out and, and just lay an egg like he did last night. Yeah. I, I I honestly I can't believe a professional athlete allowed that to happen. Yeah. I, I well where you are in the season, what you're trying to accomplish and how badly your team needs you yeah. because the bullpen is so overworked. And that's what you do. And now I'm expected to trust you in the postseason. Yeah. Get real, man. September and Dean Kramer is his candles burned out. Yeah, and Dean Kramer throughout his career, if we look at the ups and downs of it, it's been a lot of that. It's been a lot of stretches where he goes for Six starts, and they're all excellent. And you go back and you say, okay, Dean Kramer's starting to look like a guy we can trust in the playoffs, starting to look like a number two or three in this rotation. And then he goes out and does that last night. And frankly, none of his starts this month have been very good. Things haven't been great three for of Dean Kramer four, very lately. Three of his four starts have been have been less than five innings. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's really inexcusable, even though the guys are, like you said, nicked up. Everyone's dealing with something at this point in the year. It's tough to see. It's not ideal for the Orioles. And, you know, Dean Kramer is a guy that hopefully can just turn it on and find something. You know, he he led the minor leagues in strikeouts uh, for one year of his career. This guy has as much talent as anybody. Well, I shouldn't say as much as anybody. Grace Rodriguez is the most talented guy on the staff. But Dean and, Kramer and, and is... He's not as good as Kyle Bradish. He, I'm talking about Dean Kramer. Raw, raw talent is, is very high for Dean Kramer. I just think sometimes there's not the ability to put it all together. I've always thought he's a little bit of a head case, so right now he needs to get his head in the game, and he needs to say, okay, we've got the playoffs coming up. I need to give these guys length. So I guess he's going to get, what, one or two more starts probably until the end of the year. I'm not sure how many games are left specifically, but it should be one or two more starts for him, and he's going to have to he's going to have to give them length if they need to be able to clinch a division. They've got nine games left, nine and games. he just started. I think he's got one start one, left. One start. I think yeah, he's got that one start left. Um, and, you know... It, if the Orioles, they need that. They need that week off. They need that yeah. week off. Yeah. How much of this do you think is on moving to a six-man rotation and taking a guy out of the bullpen? Well, I, I think I, I don't think a lot of it. I really don't think a lot of it. I, I think it's okay. Um, Brandon Hyde just really and and that was all to me. That was all because of Jack Flaherty. 
it really was because Jack Flaherty was uh, struggling. They wanted to give him more days in between starts, and now he's not there anymore. Anyways, he's he's back in the bullpen. He's been relegated. So I, I think that was the correct response by Brandon Hyde, given the struggles of Jack Flaherty, both mentally and on the mound. Yeah. I get it, you know, and at the time I didn't mind it. And I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Jack Flaherty's been such a disappointment. Jack he, Flaherty hasn't even been relatively valuable in any way. No, no. I mean, he he helped the Orioles in that in his first game against Toronto, but he's been just so disappointing. Yeah. And it, and it's it's strange because you look at his game log, right? You look at some of the games that he started for St. Louis, yep. especially in the month of July. And he was going six innings of two-run ball every every game yep. out, striking out 10, striking out 12. Yep. And you're like, who the hell's that guy? Because I haven't seen him here. No. And everything I every time I see him, he looks like he's pissed off. The one the, the time they showed him last night out in the bullpen, he yeah. was like chewing sunflower seeds or something or gum. I don't know what it was. He looked miserable. He yeah. looked like he didn't want any kind of place there. No, absolutely not. Uh, when they sh- the the picture when they were celebrating clinching the postseason last week, the picture of the of the, of the starting rotation, yeah. and Flaherty yeah. standing there, and miserable. He just <laughs> he's not wearing the orange playoff shirt, yeah, and he looked miserable. Miserable. They showed him walking. There was a Orioles hype video um, that was on Twitter last night of them walking into the stadium, and he looked miserable in that. Like he yeah. like, like he couldn't wait for the season to be over. Right. And I don't know if we're looking for it now because so many people have talked about his attitude issues, but he, I don't. You don't want to be here. I don't want you here. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the way you have to look at it. I again, there hasn't been a good start since the first one, and it's not even that they were okay. Most of them were horrible. Like most of them, he gave the team no chance to win, and mm-hmm. some of them, I think the team did win because the relief pitching was so good, uh, and guys bailed him out, and the the bats bailed him out. The bats were really hot for a few weeks after the trade deadline. They bailed him out, but I, I genuinely cannot think of too many times that I've looked at Jack Flaherty and gone, "That's a dominant pitcher." Even a few weeks ago, it was the Adam Jones game. Actually, it was last week, last Friday. Mm-hmm. He came out, he threw three innings, and he was really good. And then everything went downhill from there. As soon as one little thing goes awry for him, it all goes downhill. And frankly, that's the reason he wasn't successful with the Cardinals in the past few years. He was. I mean, 2019, he was one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. That second half, he had like a 1.5 ERA. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been the same guy since then. And, you know, you got to wonder what's going on in his head. He looks like a guy who lacks confidence when he's pitching. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's just... You said earlier in the show that you expect him to pitch in relief tonight. I think that's probably going to be the case. We'll see how he handles that. It's a new position for him. That's something he hasn't done a lot in his career, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can hold his own. He's got to give them innings. Were you surprised that Tyler Wells was the only move before yesterday's game with how this bullpen is being overused and just how much it— how much they've been struggling recently? No, because I thought about who else. I, th- that was actually something I thought about. I'm like, is this enough? But then I thought, okay, Bruce Zimmerman's an option. I guess Cole Irvin's not really an option because he can't come back yet because he's been optioned too recently. They'd have to have an injury to bring him back. Uh, and then TJ McFarland, I guess, is your really only other option. And, you know, he has a, what, 2-3-4 ERA, like you said, but I, I don't know what that gets you at the major league level. I-, I don't know how he's going to pitch. It seems like a little while since he's actually pitched at the MLB level. So... He pitched I, this year. He did, but it was early. It was like yeah. May, I believe, was the last time he pitched. His ERA so, is still better than Jorge Lopez. That's true. I, I think that is going to be the next move. 
you know, maybe Tyler Wells was the only move because they're planning on doing something with Jorge Lopez if he can't get it figured out. That that's got to be coming. The, the Lopez ERA is like six twelve. Things haven't re- again. The numbers, as we said earlier in the show, haven't been kind to him since he came to Baltimore, and really weren't kind to him all season. Yeah. It, well, there's. It's just again. It, it, the, the question is in AAA is who. Drew Rom might have been that guy, but Drew Rom got traded for Jack Flaherty. Yeah, which I mean, you you'd make that that trade. Oh, every in time. That moment, every, every time. Every time. Every time. You know, so and and Drew Rom, it's not like he's been good for St. Louis. He's had the he had the one good start and it was against the Orioles. Right. You know what I, I mean? So you're like, oh man. That but was like, one of the games I missed. I didn't see Drew Rom pitch. How did he pitch? What do you what do you look like? It was just a lot of off speed stuff, man, and hitting his spots. Like the the yeah. the, the, the Orioles just they were they were way out in front on everything. They were way too aggressive against him, and yeah. in, in a bad way. I I believe in being an aggressive hitter, but it, they just couldn't touch him because well, they, yeah. they, they for some reason they struggle with off speed stuff. Drew Rom gave up five earned runs in his last start out, so really that's not too much different than what Jack Flaherty's done. Jack Flaherty's been better than that in some of the scenarios. So you know, Drew Rom, Jack Flaherty, you're kind of looking at. Two not so fantastic pitchers for the Orioles. So it, that trade, I'm not going to look back on that trade in, in two years and say Drew Rahm is one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. I very, very highly doubt that happens. Very much doubt that happens. I just uh, he yeah no he, it's 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 not going. He's to very him. similar to Bruce Zimmerman to me. The fastball is like okay. The off speed off speed stuff can be pretty good. Bruce Zimmerman's got a good curveball. It mm-hmm. shows up in a lot of cases and it doesn't show up in a lot of others. I think that's kind of the same the same thing with Drew Rahm from what I've seen so far. Yeah yeah. Uh, I'm not too. I don't even know how we got talking about Drew. <laughs> well, just the fact that he would have been. You asked me. What, oh yeah, 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 what, yeah, yeah. Was it enough to bring up Tyler Wells? Well, he would have been one of the other guys. Had yeah, potentially. I it's, to me, it all goes back to, you know, Cole Irvin. That's a, that's one thing. Okay, he threw 99 pitches. He he can't come up for like another week. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um, whereas Bruce Zimmerman. And again, it's not because I think Bruce Zimmerman is going to be a savior and, and yeah. be a dominant force out of the bullpen. Bruce Zimmerman needed to not throw 99 pitches on Correct. Thursday Correct. because his team needs somebody that can come in and eat some innings in right. a game to right. rest the guys in the bullpen. Now, here's the big question to me, and I thought about this, I want to say in like July, this, this crossed my mind. How would this year have looked different if Cole Irvin didn't come out and look horrible to start the year, get sent down after, what, three starts? I think that's all he yeah. got, two or three starts. Yeah. What if Cole Irvin had been the guy he was in Oakland last year? We had a 398 ERA. The numbers were drastically better across the board. How would this have played out differently? Would that have affected Grayson Rodriguez? There's a lot of things that could have gone differently if the Orioles had a better Cole Irvin. Grayson Rodriguez may have replaced Dean Kramer by the end of April. That could be true, too. He may have replaced Dean Kramer by the end of April. I think Grayson Rodriguez was destined to be here. Um... Obviously, I mean, top pitching prospect in baseball coming into this year, right? Um, I don't know that Dean Kramer would have gotten the opportunity to to, to prove himself for and make the make the thirty starts. Kyle Gibson wasn't going anywhere. Um, Tyler Wells was their best starter the first half. Kyle Bradish clearly their best starter for the whole season. He, yeah. he wasn't going anywhere. So it really would have just been. I think the biggest impact would have been on Gray, on Grayson and Dean Kramer. Grayson would have spent the first month of the season at AAA, dominated, and then made his way up here. Uh, Dean Kramer would have probably been the one to be replaced, and then he would have had to go down to AAA, and he probably would have pitched a month down there before they brought him up to replace. Yeah. I don't know Tyler Wells when his arm started to go. You know what I mean? Sure. It's there's no way to really know. 
But I don't think we've see, we see Dean Kramer make 30 starts. And I don't know that we have the Grayson Rodriguez that we have right now because maybe Grayson comes up after a month of AAA and he ends up um, pitching to that 7-plus that ERA that he pitched to and then he goes right. down and now we, we don't have him the last 12 starts. It, the season might be vastly different. Yeah, I, I look at it as the way things played out actually – played to the Orioles' favor a little bit. Because like you said, Dean Kramer could have been out of the rotation very early. He had some good starts in the in this year. I mean, he made a lot of starts. He ate a lot of innings, and he had some good ones mixed in there. So things would have been drastically different. I think that's true. Yeah. It's just hard not to think about that. Because Cole Irvin was brought in to be the number three. Like I, yeah. I look at it that way. He was brought in to be a guy he wasn't all season. He never really was. He had a few outings where he shut guys out and things were good. But mostly it's been pretty average I don't worse. I don't look at Cole Irvin ever as a rotation piece on a good team no I don't I, I, I don't know how you can but it's hard to think we've seen the last of them this year oh no we absolutely haven't he'll, be, he'll probably be on the playoff roster yeah you know to, to come out of the bullpen because you're gonna need guys it's, it's like what Stan said you're gonna be pulling pitchers after five innings in the playoffs well, I mean the Orioles are doing that now anyway because yeah, they have yeah. to um God Kramer was so bad last night it, it's like the point that Stan made about Grayson the night before, that makes perfect sense. You know, the, the adrenaline that he had being sure. a, to come in and be that big game pitcher and know that it's on your shoulders last Saturday, he rose to the occasion. He, the other night, not quite as crisp. Um, and it's you're in front of a very small fan, fan out, um, uh, showing, showing yeah. a, a very small fan showing with a team that they know that you know isn't making the playoffs, uh, and it's you know cold like it's that that makes perfect sense. Dean Kramer last night with the Orioles reeling with the bullpen being where they are, uh, that was just an absolute choke. It was. It, it, it was. was. An, it was an absolute choke. It was like I said. In my opinion, that was the most disappointing start of the entire year. It, it's definitely one of them. And they still uh, almost won the game. Yeah, there, there's a few Kyle Gibson outings that come to mind. If we're talking about most disappointing, yeah, starts the, of the one year, where he gave up nine runs not, was that and, the Dodgers, but, I think. Yeah, a, a couple of his starts, but all basically every start in August. But yeah, Kyle Gibson is that guy who, if who I I know he's going to rise to the occasion tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's probably going to give so. he's probably going to give the Orioles seven maybe eight innings tomorrow and, and a three run ball basically. Yeah, I, like I have no doubts that that's what what Kyle Gibson's going to do tomorrow. Dean Kramer, what he did last night, he legitimately just choked and fell flat on his face. Yeah, like yeah. It, the, he he died on the mound last night. That that's what Dean Kramer did, and it's um just the timing of it all. What what that what they needed from him, what he needed to do for his team, and to completely and utterly fail in the way that he did. Pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah. it was it was it, and like I know I keep saying it, that's how disappointed I am in it. Like, like yeah. that, that's how bad he was. Well, again, night. this is not an anomaly for him, though, in this month and a little bit before it. It's been, a, I guess, a pattern is what you would say of not so great baseball from Dean Kramer. So that makes you worry. That's again, you, you look, I, I, from the beginning, be- but no, sorry, go ahead. From the beginning of, of May to the end of August, his ERA was like three and a half. Yeah. He, he was really good. Really good. He was really good. He was, he was a very, really solid number two, number three guy in this rotation. Mm-hmm. What he's done in September has just been awful. It's but been I'm hard. sorry. Uh, we we actually we got to get a break, man, because we uh, let's, get, let's catch a break. When we come back, and we'll, from the Baltimore Banner, John Meal, who's been a long time, he'll be with us next on the Bat Around. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland. Maryland5star.us for tickets. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. 
Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Coming back in live here on the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Pressbox's Project Game Day. Pressbox is the pl- Pressbox's Project Game Day is the place to be after this and every Ravens game this season. Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and check Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn, Rita, and their special guest, Vontae Leach, tomorrow after the Colts-Ravens game. Project Game Day is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Seems as though we had some trouble getting a hold of John Mioli. Yes. Could not um, get him on the line. So. Do me a favor and shoot him a text and just, um, you know, if he responds in the next five minutes, cool. If not, you know, it's... Well, you know, we'll just do a little bit more Orioles banter. Uh, then we'll do take to rake. Um, take to rake is a tough call this week. Really? I thought I won by a mile. No. It's, really? It's a really tough call. Really, really tough call. Um, Interesting, because I Ryan O'Hearn had a really, really good week for me. And Adley had an equally good week. That's true. Yeah, Ad, I, Adley had an equally good week. I was thinking you week. picked Santander, so no. I guess that's why. No, I, 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 I picked Adley last week. Um, I think I picked Santander. Did I pick Santander the week before? I'm pretty sure I picked Adley. Did you write it down? Supposed- I did write it down. I'll check it out. Yeah, as I, soon as I send this text. Okay, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I picked Adley last week. If I picked, if I picked Santander, it's a no contest. Um, but I'm pretty sure that I that I picked Adley and I expected him to carry the team, and he did. Starting that, he had three hits that that Saturday night. He had the big home run the next night. Um, my mom just said no show today, and it's no we. Um, Mom, you're not listening, so I'll, I'll just text you when I get a chance. <laughs> um, she listens on Facebook, and because Facebook is down right now, we're yeah. only on YouTube and PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Griffin told me at about 11.20, that, or sorry, 10.20, that if I wanted to fix it, I'd have to restart the whole stream. So I just figured at that point, we were already 20 minutes into the yeah, show. Yeah, and, so. and, and literally people will watch on YouTube and listen to the um, listen to SoundCloud more than they'll watch on Facebook. It'll be up on SoundCloud, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um, no, we, we we do have a show going on, Mom. You can't hear us because you were you tune in on the Book of Face instead of <laughs> instead of um, oh, you know YouTube or the pressboxonline.com/slash/radio. Uh, but that's quite all right. Quite all right. Still got a show going on. Um, I want to talk about Aaron Hicks. Okay, and I had to block two mother lovers last night <laughs> because the the they. If you disagree with me, that's cool. Like, we're not going to agree on a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like, I have very 
very, in my opinion, realistic takes mm-hmm. on the Orioles, and some people don't like that um, because it, because I'm just supposed to put on orange blinders, right? And and be okay with with Aaron Hicks jogging after baseballs in the outfield. Um, I'm just supposed to be okay with that. Um, you can disagree with me when you start getting disrespectful, calling me a clown, calling me an idiot. Like, I, you know, the conversation it, should end there. Yeah, say, say hello to your mother for me. All right, like uh, we're gonna go ahead and I'm, I'm gonna block you. I had to block two dudes last night. Okay. Um. Because, make no mistake about it, when Brandon Hyde was asked about Aaron Hicks' effort on that pop-up down the right field line in the first game of the Cleveland series that Adam, that Adam Frazier dropped, and make no mistake about this, Adam Frazier should have caught that baseball. He should have. It hit him right in the glove, he should have caught the baseball. Undoubtedly. Um, but he shouldn't have been in position to have to catch that baseball, because Aaron Hicks should have been there. I don't and, know. I, I actually no, sorry, it, it, I saw your take. I disagree. You, you, you watch his jump. At no point was he even going half speed. But At I, no point was he running. At no point. It, 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 if you get there and if you can't, if you're sprinting mm-hmm. and you can't get there, that's fine. That's fine. If you dive and don't catch the ball, I'm cool. The 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 jogging, the jogging after the baseball, and not getting there because. He jogged at about 50% speed after that baseball, and it landed 10 feet in front of him. Yeah. If he had run, if he had run, and and maybe, and I'll give you your chance here in just a second, but yeah. I, I want to make this point. That's his ball. And the Orioles probably still lose that game anyway because that wasn't the only, only one run scored off that, and then another run scored, like, it was our, well, I don't know because they were down three to two when that ball dropped in. That made it four to two. It would have been the second out, and then the ground out that made it five to two would have been the third out. So it would have been three to two. Yeah. And then when you get the first two guys on, you're in a situation where you're not needing a three run homer now. Now you're probably bunting those guys over the second and third and hoping you get a ground ball or a fly ball or a base hit. Right. So maybe they do win that game if he catches that ball, but he didn't because he lollygagged after it. And the point I want to make is maybe that he maybe you can argue he's had two he's had a back injury and a and a leg injury and maybe he's just trying to take it easy on himself to save himself for the postseason yeah. and not overdo it and put himself back on the IL. Okay, well then what about the chopper that he hit to the pitcher in the ninth inning that of that same game where he ran full speed, full speed mm-hmm. and beat it out. He ran full speed. If he ran that same speed after that fly ball, he catches it standing. Yeah, he catches it standing up. Brandon Hyde said. Brandon Hyde said, um, "No, that was Frazier's ball, and Hicks pulled up when he, when Frazier called for it." That's what he has to say. Anybody with eyes that doesn't have orange blinders on can watch that video again and see that at no point was Aaron Hicks even close to full speed, and that has been a problem with him for the last month. In the outfield. And, and here's the thing. When you're batting, I get that there's the adrenaline there. There's individual glory there. There's no individual glory in in going full out to catch a pop-up in a game that you're already losing. Uh, and I'm not, I don't want to say, I don't want to speculate that that's the kind of player that Aaron Hicks is. But you have not shown me, you've not proven to me that it's not. 
because you're 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 jogging after everything in the outfield, and it's cost you runs on multiple occasions now. Okay, so I'm by no means an Aaron Hicks guy. I pointed this out last week. We talked about it. I totally agree with you. He has generally, at least in the past month, jogged after a lot of balls. I think if I if I remember correctly, if I'm playing right field and I see the second baseman, uh, who is generally a very sure-handed fielder, start to run back, look over his shoulder, and call the ball, I'm going to jog because I want to give him a wide berth of space to be able to catch that ball. You know, maybe the wind blows it or something, he has to move a little bit. I want to give him space. That was generally what I was always taught, playing right field, to let the second you baseman and the first baseman you, who's come back towards you just to have space. You're, you're, so, you're, you're, you were taught wrong. I, that, that's what I always did. And, you know, Adam Frazier's guy is generally sure-handed. He didn't catch that. I no, don't, he's not. I think he is. He's Adam, na- he's Adam got, Frazier, he, he is statistically one of the worst-feeling second basemen in baseball. Range-wise. And you have ra- range-wise. And, and just hands-wise in general. He's made some great plays, but he's botched some, he, some easy plays, too. I'll, I'll simplify it even more, then. You expect a Major League Baseball player to catch that ball. I, I think most of the I time— I expect Major a Major League, League outfielder. To catch that ball. And here's where I say I that, 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 that you were taught wrong. The play, it, as an outfielder, you were taught to charge after five balls and pop-ups. And because you're coming in on the ball, you call off the infielder if you can get to it because you have the easier play. Okay, so, you, uh, you, you do that every time. At no point should Aaron Hicks, A, A, he didn't run at any point. No, he, he, that, and that's where I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, he, he didn't he run at any point. He jogged. Yeah. So he didn't even put himself in position to catch that ball. That's why he let Adam uh, Adam Frazier catch the baseball. But if he had run, it's his job to call off Adam Frazier because Adam Frazier is running away from the play. Mm-hmm. He's got his back to the ball. He has to catch it like a wide receiver over his shoulder. That is not an Adam Frazier second. It's not a second baseman play. That's a play where where Aaron Hicks, if he runs after the baseball, which is his mother effing job as an outfielder, yeah. to run after the baseball. I agree. If I'm he runs, if he runs after it, he makes that play much more easily than Adam Frazier does. And we're when people say Adam Frazier called him off, then you've never played baseball in your entire life because the outfielder is to be given way. For every single time, if they have the easier play, and if Aaron Hicks runs, he has the easier play. Again, you, the people that are arguing with me and calling me—you have never played baseball a day in your effing life. I told you I'm going to drop an f bomb on the show. We still have—we still have ten minutes. <laughs> You're left. way too worked up over over this play. It, it, no, I, it, it, I, it, it, it it is it is the straw that broke the camel's back because I was at the game against Tampa Bay last week where uh, where. It was a base hit to right field, and the go-ahead run scored. The the winning mm-hmm. run scored mm-hmm. because Aaron Hicks didn't come up firing. And, and I agree with you right there. Did I not totally come up firing because there. he lollygags in the outfield. Aaron Hicks run. And, and the fact that Brandon Hyde continues to put him in the outfield night after night, like he doesn't see this. Sorry, I don't mean to be yelling in your... <laughs> like he doesn't see... The half-assed effort from Aaron Hicks every freaking night. And what really upsets me is that I have to cheer for the guy because he's been hitting. Yeah, he's, up he to got, 264 and, now. And he got a big hit last night. He has been a really good hitter for the Orioles. And I have to cheer him. And I have to sit there and watch him contribute offensively, which I am fine with. 
I am fine with if you want to DH him. But you're putting him in the outfield and it's costing you games. The I, the fact that he started in center field last night after that BS play the night before, he shouldn't have even played last night. Now, I'm glad that he did. He ended up getting that big hit in the ninth inning. He shouldn't have even played last night. Brandon Hyde in this situation, in my opinion, gives way too much leeway to his veteran players. You've got to make set an example that is unacceptable to jog after the baseball like Aaron Hicks does on a nightly basis, and there's no repercussions for it. Well, I, I, I don't think anything I can say is going to top that, but I, I agree with you in 99% of the cases. Again, I, I don't think he's given his full effort. I really don't. Um, he hasn't. It's clear. I, and, he and, hasn't. And it was proven when he sprinted to first base at full speed on that on that chopper to the pitcher after yes. jogging after the after the. But, but ball. just to finish up on the Frazier play, my, my opinion is he should have been running to that ball until Adam Frazier calls him off. So I will agree with you there that he jogged out of the gate. The jump was terrible. He had no jump on it, and that's generally the way he has played most balls. Mm-hmm. In the past month, which wasn't when he originally got here. That was not a thing he was doing early on. It seems like a thing he's been doing now. Um, but what bothers me even more, the Adam Frazier play is one thing. It doesn't really bother me as much as it bothers you, I don't think. But what bothers me way more is when a ball is hit to the gap, he does not even give an idea of running. Like He just jogs to it and just kind of half power walks to the ball mm-hmm. in the gap. And you know, guys can get an extra base because of that. And a lot of times it's happened. In the past month. Last it almost happened again last night. Yeah. The base hit into the gap um that he went after and it bounced it it bounced off his glove and bounced far enough away from him that the left fielder had to make the play. Yeah. Those guys were going to second and third regardless. They were going to second and third regardless. If the guy who got I think it was Stephen Kwan, or maybe it was either Kwan or Jimenez. It was Kwan. Uh, if if he had scored on that play, it would have been solely because of Aaron yeah. Hicks' effort. Yeah. And if the if the play on Friday night, I'm sorry, on Thursday night, was an isolated incident, I'm not this angry. It's not an isolated that's, incident. That's fair. It's, it's a nightly occurrence. And he's out yeah. there in the outfield every single night. One other thing that's bothering me right now is that Heston Kerstad probably should be playing out there as opposed to... Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been out there yet, has he? I don't think we've no. seen him in the, no. uh, on the, on the all, all outfield he's done, yet. They put him in the outfield for one batter. Okay. Against Houston in the game that the Orioles lost in the final game against Houston, and then everybody was talking about how Brandon Hyde, oh, he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. Why did he not just make the move when he he sent Kerstad out to start the inning? They got one out, and then he pulled Kerstad and moved O'Hearn to left field, and then he put McCann at first base. Why didn't you start the inning that way? If Heston Kerstad isn't starting today, I'm gonna have a problem with that because Heston Kerstad has been one of the hottest hitters on the team. Mm-hmm. In the past six or seven games, he he he's been w- really good. Yeah, he he didn't have a great game last night, but he's not going to get hits every single night. No, of course you know? not. That's not but possible. It, it's we were told when Heston cursed, and this was in my notes for John Meal. We don't know what happened with John. I'll text him after the show and and see what happened. Yeah, I did not get a text. I, I got back, so. I got confirmation from him on Thursday that he was Thursday evening that he was good to go today. So I didn't think I needed any possibility. It. He changed numbers. Could that have been? No, uh, no, it's okay. the same number I've always had for him. It, okay. it might just be one of those things where maybe he forgot or maybe, um, he got caught up with his daughter's soccer game. Cause I know he had, his daughter had a soccer game this morning and he was going to be able to get on. Hopefully after. they didn't make her play that. <laughs> I don't know. She's very young. So Monsoon that would be shocking. Monsoon. Um, yeah, she's like three. So that would be very yeah, shocking. Yeah. Um, but in the notes that I had, we were told when Heston Kerstad, was drafted 
that he had the glove and the arm to stick in right field. Yeah. And he hasn't played the outfield except for one hitter yeah. in one game since he got called up. And they were trying him out of first base. I think that's more out of necessity. I agree. You know, than anything else. Um, and that they had a lot of other outfielders they wanted to put out yeah. in Bowie. So. And, 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 and look, let's not act like Anthony Santander lit the world on fire last night. But the thing with Santander, like, the, the, the two bleh, plays that he made last night, he slipped. He 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 slipped. It's not that he it, it wasn't like he wasn't giving full effort. He slipped. Yeah. He also made two really great catches last night that saved innings. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it again, the 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 two slips last night from Santander that happens. That's an isolated incident. Sure. You never see Santander not going full bore. No, in he, the outfield. Yeah, he he gives it his all. He's not the fastest guy in the world, not the most agile guy. Agile, I should say, guy in the world, but he definitely gives it his hundred percent effort. There I appreciate was, that. There was a game last week where he ran ran into the corner, and he the ball was foul. He didn't get there. Yeah, but he was running like if he called it, it was a final out of, the, of Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah, that's the effort that I like to see. Put Santander out there every night. Because he's going to give you the effort. He's going to catch the balls that he gets to, unless he slips. And he's got a good arm. Hicks has a really good arm. He does. And he just he throws flat-footed so much because he doesn't run through the ball because he doesn't yeah. run. Again, 2017, 2018, 2019, you would have said Aaron Hicks is hitting the ball well, but he is a really, really good defensive mm-hmm. outfielder. He was the Yankees... You know, really, one of the best defenders on that team. The yeah. guy had speed, good arm. He gave it his all. The guy looked like he was giving his 100% effort. And mm-hmm. we haven't really seen that in quite a while. Yeah. So, and, let's and, hope it comes back, playoff time. Yeah. Uh, God. I told somebody that I thought Ryan McKenna was more valuable to the Orioles right now than Aaron Hicks because of the fact that I don't look at Aaron Hicks as an everyday player. But then I had to come to the realization that he's an everyday player. And, and, and unfortunately he is. And in 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 the postseason, I would fully I would prefer it if Hicks DH'd or Kerstad DH'd and your outfield was Santander, Mullins, um, Hayes right to left. But I don't think that that's what we're getting uh, on, on a nightly basis. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know you know what I mean? Um and in if that's what we are getting, then I think that there's more value with McKenna if Kerstad's DHing because McKenna can, is faster. He catches the baseball and he can pinch run for you. I hate to say it though about McKenna. No, I'm his slash line right now in AAA uh, before he just got called back up. 182, 262, 418. Yeah, it, look, he's never going to be an all world hitter. He has hitter. been horrible in AAA this year. Yeah. He's never going to be an all world hitter. No. And I, I I've come to terms with that and to terms with the fact that, you know, he um Every now and again, he's going to get a hit for you. Yeah. He got that big... Yeah. The, the, I was there, right there, uh, for the three-run homer, the walk-off three-run homer against... against uh, and he had a go-ahead double, Seattle. I think, in June, July, yeah. somewhere around it, there that. Was, there yeah. was a, about a five-week stretch where he was tearing the cover off the baseball. Oh, yeah, he had his average up to 300. Yeah, uh, it, his average was up to like 340 at one yeah. point, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, like... And I, I think I'm also kind of calmed... A little bit on McKenna because the Orioles have calmed on McKenna. There was a point where he was yeah. playing a lot, way too much. It was he was playing way too much. So I'm like, you can't keep doing this. But now he is legitimately treated like a fourth outfielder, right. where he's probably not going to get a start down the stretch here. Uh, that's not. He'll start tomorrow. He might. Um, he's going to start tomorrow. There's not a doubt in my mind, or today even. Um, 
Well, there, but, there was one game where Brandon Hyde batted uh, McCann fourth and Ryan McKenna fifth. Oh, I remember that. That was back. And, in, that was back in April, and it, it was it right was, after McCann came off the aisle because he had doubled in one game and yeah, had three yeah. hard hit outs in in another. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. No, no, I'm just. Uh, it's just that that's the the difference, I guess, in opinion the Orioles have had more recently with McKenna than what they had. Off the bat. Well, it seemed like off the bat they wanted to get him into games. They wanted to have him start as many as possible. There's no justification now with Kirstad and Santander on the roster to uh, to play McKenna. There's no there's Correct. no justification. Correct. They called him up to replace Mountcastle because maybe they feel like he can be a late defensive replacement. Let me ask you this. Yeah. The other night when Heston Kirstad um, got on base with a base hit, and that was, it was Thursday night, Orioles are down 2 to nothing. And they pinch run Ramon Arias instead of Jorge hated Mateo. That. Hated that. And, and people were saying, well, you want to save Mateo for the, if you need him to score the tying or go-ahead run. You got to score one run before you can score two. Yeah. You know, and if you're going to, if you bring in Arias to go play third base, well, you know, he he has not been as good this year defensively. And on top of that, he's one of the slowest guys on the team. Yeah. And Mateo is the fastest guy on the team. He plays a, 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 almost an elite-level defense at shortstop, and you can move Gunner over to third. I mean, Gunner has a really great shot at winning the utility gold glove this year. Oh, yeah. So why in the blue hell would you pinch run Urias when you have Mateo on your bench? One. And two, how do why are people trying to justify this to me? It's not. It's unjustifiable. And then you there, look, There's no justification. There, there's a ball off the bat from Rutschman, the very next batter. With uh, with Arias on first base, it was clearly not going to be caught. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have been gone. Hits off the top of the wall, and Arias is he should have been standing on second base. Yeah, yeah, and L- and then and, jump. and then scored. He was he was not he was barely even halfway. Yeah, and ends up only on third base on that ball. Now look, they get a they get a ground out uh, from Santander to score Arias, and they get a base hit from um, O'Hearn to score Rutschman, but. Mateo would have scored on that. Maybe Rutschman gets the third base on a throw home, and then maybe Rutschman scores on. Um, uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's I get a, your point. You get you get you get what I'm saying. And, and look, the fact is, and why I asked Stan about it earlier. Ramon Arias, number one, not fast, not a good athlete. That that's I, I get your point there. But to build on the larger point of Ramon Arias, I have been very unimpressed for a while. With Ramon mm-hmm. Arias. Like, everything is... It was fine in the rebuilding years where you could say, okay, the defense is excellent. He hits a little bit, too. The 700 OPS is going to be fine. I, I think they're past the point, and Jackson Holiday may just be the replacement for him, but I think they're past the point of him being a starter uh, or really even on this roster at all. I think Ramon Arias has been very disappointing this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I, like, full year of, of a 717 OPS. The defense hasn't been as good. I don't know. I agree. I, I agree with you. Um... And he hits a lot of balls on the ground. Yeah, a lot of balls on the ground. And I, and I'm and I'm sitting there last night. You bring in Jorge Mateo to pinch run for Hessen Kerstad, who got on base because of catcher's interference, and he's anchored at first base. He doesn't even try to run. Right. That's your job, dude. Like that's your that's why you're that's the like the main reason you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is to pinch run and steal bases. That's all he does, man. That's his game. And so so then Adam Frazier has one of the worst at-bats of the entire game and strikes out. I also have noticed that he, as soon as Kevin Brown says, Adam Frazier's best numbers are in these situations, (laughs) he strikes out on the next pitch almost every time. This is where he drew the 2-2 count, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, Adam Frazier really has been coming through in these situations, and then he almost always strikes out on the next pitch. <laughs> um, bat a bat from Frazier, and then I'm standing there, and I'm like, you have to go now. You have to go now because Ramon Arias hits the ball on the ground a lot, and if you're not stealing, you're gonna get. He's gonna ground into a double play, and then he grounds into a double play. Did yeah. John? Did John yeah. respond to you? He did. Uh, he said something else just came up, so he unfortunately. Um, I, I'll tell him that you're gonna get in touch with him. Okay. Um, yeah, you've got to. Um, you've got to come into the ball game and know that your job is to be standing on second base within the first couple of pitches. Because then, Adam Frazier's at bat is really different. It's really different because now all he's got to do is hit a ground ball on the right side to get you to the third base, and then Ramona Rios's ground ball scores you. Correct. Correct. And, and instead, you're anchored on first. How do you not run there? I, I, I genuinely have no idea. How, like, how I do genuinely you, have no how idea. Do you not, that's your job. That's like so the, I, the main reason you're here. I guess it kind of defends Ramona Rios pinch running instead of Jorge. A couple days ago, I can't imagine. <laughs> I guess I don't I know. I can't imagine that that happens. That I, I was saying too. that kind of facetiously. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it, but it, like, it, uh, ugh. not as good a time as any for a break. Um, today's show brought to you by the latest edition of Press Box, which is available now on the cover. Post Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with the new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. When we clo- when we come back in, we'll close things out with Take to Rake and our final thoughts on the Orioles and the Ravens. That's next on the Bataround. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita. 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Breaking news. I'm such a dick because it has nothing (laughs) to do with the Orioles. My daughter is as big as an ear of corn right now. Wow. Last year that's, she was oh, that's a long and thin daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's 24 weeks. Um so the, 24 weeks uh pregnant is my wife. My daughter okay. is not here yet. Um but yeah, the 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 feti are, are at 24 weeks are generally not um, you know, put holding a lot of fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she is the size of a of an ear of corn. Last week she was the size of a banana. The week before that she was the size of a sweet a large sweet potato. No, I'm sorry, just a sweet potato. And the week before that she was the size of a large onion. So she went from a circular object like an onion, like a sphere to a banana. Yeah, it's it's a, just it's just about so the it's, length. It's like the length. Okay, it's it's so just it, the length. They're not. She's not the shape of okay. an ear of corn so or a banana. It, basically, it, it, an ear of corn is like as long as a basketball. So we could say she's as big as a basketball. Or is that too big? That's probably uh, a little too big. No, she's I feel probably, like an ear of corn is like this long usually. So yeah, a basketball. Yeah, go around, yeah, yeah. She and and, and yeah. I think she finally like has some 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 poundage. I think she. Oh. It, I know that when she was the size of a of a large banana, she was um, a pound. Let me let me take a look here. 
She is 11 and a half inches and 1.3 pounds. 16 weeks to go. Wow. When's, well, um, the, when's the due date? January, January 13th, but I think it, that um, because my wife is... Um, my wife's not old by any stretch, but she's older for a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're inducing before that. Okay. I think we'll we'll induce before. Maybe you'll get like that. a Christmas uh, baby. Who knows? That's I think that that's what they talked about nice. is around Christmas, not on Christmas, but around Christmas is when we can probably expect my my little girl to be here. <laughs> now my my Brucette. my <laughs> Brucette. <laughs> Br- <laughs> Jacoby Brucette. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, my daughter, oh. um, no, I'm, I'm very excited. She's going to be here good. before I know it. And I can't wait. It'll be the best Christmas present of all time. That will be a good um, Christmas present. My, my little boy, Bruce got neutered yesterday. Oh. And, uh, we went to pick him up. Isn't that kind of late for a dog to get like, isn't it earlier um, usually? No, not for no. a dog of his size. Okay. A dog of his size because he's, oh, he, he's big and he weighs over a hundred pounds. Um, and, and they knew that he was going to be that big yeah. because of the hips and, and the joints and all that. They want you to wait till he's a full grown adult male, gotcha. um, before you get him neutered. So when we went to go, when we, when we took him to the vet in June, they said, you can schedule his neutering appointment anytime between now, anytime from here on out. And the, yeah. the earliest one was yesterday. Um, it's amazing how big that dog got really quick. Yeah. He's it's unbelievable. He's, he, and he's, he is all heart, man. He is such the sweetest freaking dog. And, I had a really tough time. I choked up. I got teary-eyed after we dropped him off because I was so worried about him. And especially when they said, do you want us to resuscitate if something happens? And it was like, hey, yes, I, w- I will pay you <laughs> all the money in the world. to. Re- I will yeah. put myself in the infinite I would, I would, debt. I would think nobody would say no to that. It's like, right. nah, it's right. okay. <laughs> um, we don't really want him anyway. Well, it depends on the health of the dog and the age oh, of the right, dog okay. and stuff all like right. that. So anytime they have to put him under for surgery, they have to ask you that. And depending, if your dog's 11 years old and he's got joint p- problems and they're like, look, we're going to do this, but he might not make it out. He wants to resuscitate. Yeah. That's a legitimate thought that you have to have. Sure. Bruce at 18 months old. That's not a thought. No. Yes, resuscitate him. Do everything you can. Which didn't need the the. It went swimmingly. He it, he came out of it perfect. I was really nervous that he was gonna be mad at me, uh, which was so stupid. And I was really <laughs> nervous that he was going to be a different dog. That he was gonna change his personality. He came out last night, uh, yesterday afternoon from the from the appointment, and he was um he had some energy that I didn't expect him to have at the vet. And he was wearing he's wearing a dog onesie. Instead of giving That's him awesome. a cone, they give him a dog onesie. We get him home, and as soon as we got him home, the drugs kicked in. And he <laughs> was uh the entire time. We I took him outside. Speaking of an ear of corn, there was a broken up ear of corn in the island where he goes to the bathroom, and he took a piece of it and he wouldn't let go of it. And usually I'll say leave it and he'll drop it or he'll let me reach into his mouth and grab it out. Yeah. I went I heard that some dogs, right after they get neutered, uh, become a little bit more aggressive temporarily. I reached for it, and he, like, jerked his head away harder than he ever has. And he was, like, not letting me near him. I was like, all right, I'm not, I'll, I'm not going to reach in. My wife, all 24 weeks pregnant of her, she reaches into his mouth with no problem and just pulls it out. He, she's, she, it, he and I are, like, best buds. I'm, like, his buddy, whereas uh, she is certainly, like, his – I'm his nurturer, too, but he, he looks to her as the nurturer type of thing, I think. Nice. Um, so he lets her get away with more. Um but yeah, he and, and this morning, you would never know he got neutered. Same energy, just just being Bruce, nice. just awesome. Same personality. Nice. I've, I, I'm sorry if I talked way too much about this. I love my dog, so you have to listen to every word I have to say. How dare you love your dog? Yeah, I know, right? Um, take the rake. Uh, take the rake was a um, 
It was a close one. It was one of the better showings for all three participants that we've okay. ever had. Uh, Connor Newcomb uh, from the Locked On Orioles podcast. He took Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar last week slashed 313, 353, 531 for an 884 OPS. It was actually Nathan Ruiz, by the way. It was, it was Connor Newcomb's well, week prior. I'm sorry. I did that with, with Nathan last week, too. It was, it was Nathan Ruiz. My apologies. Nathan uh, took Gunnar. And I knew that too because I pictured Nathan when I when I did it. Uh, Gunner again, three thirteen, three fifty three, five thirty one, eight eighty four, uh, two doubles, a triple, a home run, five RBIs, two walks, ten strikeouts. Ryan O'Hearn, four forty eight, four eighty four, six fifty five, eleven thirty nine, uh, three doubles, a home run, six RBIs, two walks, six strikeouts. Adley Rutschman. 417, 444, 750, 1194, five doubles, a home run, five RBIs, two walks, three strikeouts. We're going to call this one a tie. I was going to say, I don't think there's any win there. Yeah, th- I, we all won. They, everyone raked. I mean, I, yeah. I, but Adley, sir, I wouldn't give a win to the guest. I would just give a win to both of us uh, and yeah, call it so, a tie. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to call it a tie because you're not going to, neither one of us is going to get punished for when both of our guys hit over 400, had over an uh, 1,100 yeah. uh, OPS. If your guy hits over 400, you can't lose. That, yeah. That's not possible. Yeah. That, he, so, he raked. So it's a tie. And. I'm going to pick first. Okay. Because you've picked first like three times in a row. Because I've had a good year. It's not even just because of winning. It's because I think there was a tie. Nobody won going into last week, okay. and you had picked the week before. Yeah, nobody won last week. All our guys hit under 200. So, yeah. And then this one, both of our guys hit over two, 400. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, I'm going to pick first just because I haven't gotten to pick first, and there's no reason that I, that I, that I shouldn't. Um Adam Frazier. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I'll write that down. Um, you know what? No, go ahead. Pick first. There's no reason, I'm for, okay. me to, there's no reason for me to pick first really, other than I, I want to pick I first. Really so, just, so. I want Ryan O'Hearn again, but that's unfortunate. That I can't do that. I think... Oh, should I do that? No, I don't know if I should. Aaron Hicks. Give me Aaron Hicks. He's been hitting really well. You left Gunner there for me, so that's who I was going to take anyways. Gunner or Santander. I think Santander is about to break out of it. He had um, he had three hits last night, and they all drove in runs. So, or was it two? Was it two hits? I think I've only picked Santander one time, and the week I picked him, he hit like one fifty. So I'm going to pass. Um, I'm going to take Gunner Henderson because I think Gunner Henderson is like the one guy on this team that is a big game player. He's that guy who has. I, I was saying to my buddy last night, you've got to have that ability to dig deeper. I think Rutschman is. Rutschman's got it. Rutschman's got it. But I think Henderson's got it on another level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, one of the guys we were watching the game with last night compared him to Paul O'Neill, and I really like that comparison because he plays so intensely. Yeah. And he gets anytime he gets out, he's like not okay with it, right? And Gunner is the guy who kickstarts the team when they need a big game. Yeah. And he's just got that. He's got that dog in him, man. Like he he's got that that yeah. that that intestinal fortitude that we talked about. That Dean Kramer clearly does not have. No, disappointing start. Um, Gunner, when the Orioles need a big time player to show up at a big time moment, he's the guy. He's the guy, and I I think he's going to lead the way as they go and try to clinch the American League East in the next week. So there we go. All right, um, John Miola, you do not get a pick. John Miola does not get a pick. <laughs> 
Nah, uh, John, John uh, texted me. He let me know what was going on. I'm going to try and get him for the show next week, hopefully. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm taking Gunnar Henderson. You're taking Aaron Hicks, my nemesis. And <laughs> that will uh, be take the rake for this week. Uh, final O's thoughts for you, Zach. I don't really have any final O's thoughts other than that. Uh, I, I really think that Ramona Rios, and it's it's kind of a drum of a banging on the whole show. I think Ramona Rios has kind of reached the end of the road with the Baltimore Orioles, and that I'd like to see him no, boys get men. less. Huh? Boys to men, like the artist. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the joke, but I'll send you the song. Anyway, and, and end nah, of the road. I'm, I'm okay. End of the road. Good song. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll listen to it. They won Grammys for it and crap. Really? I'm pretty sure. Nice. Anyway. I'm not an award show guy. Anyway. Uh, I think he's reached the end of the rope. Jackson Holiday probably is the the replacement for him, but I don't want to see him much in the playoffs. I think his state of play has been very average to below average in many situations. That's that's my final thought. My final thought is that next year you're going to see um, this team. Th- th- this team is going to have well for one for one. Stop playing with your food and go win the next two baseball games. Like you got you've got eight you've got nine games left. Win six of them. Win six games. There's no reason that you can't win the next two against Cleveland, sweep the Nationals, and then win two or four against Boston. Quit playing with your food and do your job, for one. Two, I hate to say do your job, because they've done their job all year, and they're really good at what they do. All year. You know, but but it's like, this is the time where you need to be playing. You don't have to play your best baseball. You've just got to play better baseball than the team you're playing. And the team you're playing has nothing to play for except for pride. So go out there and win a baseball game. Win six of them and, and clinch a playoff berth. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, as good as the Orioles have been this year, man, they're going to be so much better next year. They're, they're, I mean, great, I think so. The rotation that's that's headed up by Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez and then John Means is probably your number three. That's a really good time. And again, three. as I mentioned, Jackson Holiday. And then Jackson, Jackson Holiday is yeah. probably your starting shortstop next year. Jordan Westberg is going to be here. You, your utility infielder is now probably Joey Ortiz mm-hmm. and Connor Norby. They yeah. probably they probably yeah. take the place of Adam Frazier and Ramona it's, Rios. It's amazing we didn't see Norby this year. It's actually quite amazing. But. He came. He he had a good year, but he really came on the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's one of the he's one of the Orioles' three minor league all stars, and he homered three days in a row. His average is above two ninety. He's got more than twenty homers. He's been really productive. He's a good player. Um. I think that he. I think that you're going to see a complete shakeup next next year, where Mateo's gone, Holiday's in, Frazier's gone, Westberg in. Um, I'm sorry, Frazier's gone and Ortiz is in, and Arias is gone and Norby's in. I think that that's what you, you would hope that's the case. And then Heston Kerstad is just. He's gonna have, he's gonna be so good next year. Gonna be a monster. Jordan Westbrook's gonna be really good next year. The, the entire team is gonna be so good next year. Knock on wood. That it's just like I'm excited for this year, and it's just crazy to think how big this window is. Yeah, no like doubt. you cannot deny the talent. You no cannot doubt. deny the talent. Now, Ravens. You predicted they would lose. What was it? I had thirty-one twenty-one, and I think I had uh, you had thirty-seven twenty-seven. 37-27. Yeah, we both had 10-point deficit. Yeah. They win 27-24. Yeah. Joe Burrow's calf must be bothering him more. I mean, he's not going to play this week, right? Um, I could not believe that Brandon Stevens shut down Jamar Chase. He played well. 
The, the, I, the, I don't like Brandon Stevens, but he played well. They had an answer for everything that Cincinnati did offensively. If Cincinnati, they returned the punt for a touchdown, and that's what kept them in the game. Yeah. They they couldn't do anything no. against the Ravens' defense. and A Ravens' defense that was missing Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. Gino, Gino Stone played excellent. Yeah. Not even I'm not even talking about the interception. That's one thing. He filled in for Marcus Williams and played center field the way that any free safety should. He played great. Yeah, and that's the thing. When, when they dra- He was like a seventh-round draft pick. He was a seventh-rounder, yeah. yeah. When they drafted him, people were saying, with a little bit of tutelage and a little bit of seasoning, he can be a really good safety. I think we're seeing that. He played every he, bit as good as Marcus Williams has played in the past two years. He played, when he's been he on the played field. well down the stretch last year. Yeah, he, he played. He played well in Marcus Williams' absence last year. Yeah, um, he he was very good. The the linebacking core, Jadavian Clowney, he's straight played up said. Great. He said, "This is the best set of linebackers I've ever played with." Yeah. Uh, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith on They're the field at unreal. the same time. You got to pay Patrick Queen. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah. have to. You, you you have to, right? Um, the offensive line without Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum looked fantastic. Yep. Lamar had time to throw the ball. He only got pressured once. He didn't get the, sacked. He didn't get sacked. Um, the running game. Gus Edwards had that burst. He had that. He looked like the Gus Edwards pre knee injury. Right, uh, Ju- Justice Hill. He's going to be out this week, but he he had he had the speed, man. It, it, like. Everything that you hoped a healthy Ravens team could do, they, they did. They did it. They yeah, did it, and they, they, they're it. not healthy. It's right. I'm going to the game tomorrow, going to get rained on. Mm. Um, I'm just... Gardner Minshew gives me more pause for concern really? than Anthony Richardson at this point. Just because Gun- G- Gardner Minshew's had success in the NFL, I think Anthony Richardson has more talent as overall the better player. I yeah. d- he's so early in his career, and he hasn't sure. seen a defense like this. Gardner Minshew gets the ball out fast. Makes sense. When, and when he filled in for Jalen Hurts last year, he threw for like 360 yards and four touchdowns yeah. in, in, a, in a single game, right? Um, I don't even know that... I, I, Pittman is like the one wide Pittman's receiver really good. For, for, really good. for the Colts. I just don't no think, JT. I I don't think that they have the, the, the that the Colts have a chance, but I think they have more of a chance tomorrow with Minshew than I did with with Anthony Richardson. I'm gonna go out and say, did I pick first last week? It's your turn to pick first. I I think the Colts are very weakened without Richardson. I disagree. I think Minshew's worse. I, Richardson is a running talent, and the Ravens really don't know how to stop that. We've seen them face running quarterbacks in the past few years, and they've been marginally good at defending that, but not that good. So. Richardson scored two touchdowns on the ground last week before he got the concussion. He looked yeah. excellent. Like, he was legitimately excellent. Week one, he was pretty good, too. I think that Minshew makes this game miles easier. So, I'm going to go Ravens 27-17. 27-17. I'm going to... I think the Ravens get over 30 points for the first okay. time. I, I, I'm going to say Ravens... Ravens 34, Colts 13. Okay. Ravens 34, yeah. Colts 13. Could, could very well be the case. Speaking of Ravens, I want to remind you that the Tyus Bowser Show is back for Season 3. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia, and it's brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.com. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Next Ties Bowser Show is this Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. You got anything else for us today, Zach? Nothing else. All Nothing right. else. Cool, cool, cool. Go Orioles. Ravens, go O's. Go win a football. 
Orioles go win a baseball game. Ravens go win a football game. Thank you to all of our guests, uh, for to our one guest, to Stan the Fan Charles for joining us today. Uh, thank you to all of our uh, sponsors. Without you, we don't have a show. Thank you to all of our listeners. Without you, we certainly don't have a show. We will see you next week. Go Ravens. Go O's. See ya.